0: Hear any echo
1: anymore? I think you're good to go. Hold on, I just fucked something up. Way to
2: Uh, go! uh,
1: No, I started recording like three tracks in a single file, which I feel like is probably not going to be super fun for Mark. (coughs) No, please don't do that. All right, that's that looks like it's working on my backup. Okay. And now's the time where everybody's quiet now that we've started recording. <laughs> well, we're waiting for you to sort your <laughs> life out there, Tim. Come on. Yeah, man. I uh, yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. I'm hosting this uh, motherfucker, aren't I?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All right. You know, I know we're talking about a Marvel thing,
0: and usually that's my, my bag. But. We
1: are. We are. But this is just kind of how it worked out this week. So yeah. uh, welcome, everybody, to Dance Robot Dance episode number 43. Uh, how do you say 43 in South Korean, Paul? Or Korean?
3: ship sam
1: nice i guess there's just korean
3: right like it's not is there a different Uh, language
1: between the north and the south
3: it's the same but they have differences because they've been separate for a while yeah Um, yeah
0: oh really is there is there an issue between north and south korea
3: (laughs) (laughs) i had no idea (laughs) i was totally
1: unaware of that (laughs) yeah (laughs) so uh as you have probably figured out at this point uh i am tim i'm going to be hosting this evening uh with us this evening we have uh mark how's it going guys And uh, Christy is off doing uh theater stuff. Uh, her sister act is premiering soon, I believe. So, I think it's tonight actually.
0: She says hello. I was talking to her earlier, so yeah. So,
1: break the proverbial leg, uh, Christy. Actually, it's a literal leg. Uh, it's the legs are the heavy curtains at the sides of the stage, so that's where that comes from. Um, Yeah, so. Uh, and also we have, uh, Mark's brother Paul back with us to fill in for Christy. Hello. <laughs> Becoming a, uh, quite a regular on the podcast. So. And, and enjoying every minute of it. <laughs> so, um, all right. Well, with that, uh, let us jump into our nerdy news. It's been a pretty newsworthy week, I would say. Um, a lot of stuff, uh, a lot of announcements in terms of stuff getting, like, canceled and renewed and new stuff being announced and greenlit. And so let's... uh it's that time of year. It is. So let's start off with, um, there with uh, one that kind of came out of nowhere, uh, which is that there's going to be a Deadpool animated series that is going to be geared towards adults. And it is being uh, put on in part by Donald Glover of... Uh, Troy and Abed in the morning fame.
0: Yeah, man, that sounds awesome. Yeah. So, um did they? Did I didn't read any announcements. I'm totally behind on my news this week, so you'll have to fill me in on everything. Where are they putting the show? Like, where's uh, F- FXX? Oh, so it's going to be like the Archer replacement, then?
1: I guess. Uh, it's expect first season of ten episodes expected to premiere in 2018. Okay. Um. Uh, Jeff Loeb is going to act as the producer of the series mm-hmm. and uh, Donald Glover and um, uh, the Glovers. Does he have a brother or something like that? I don't know. It says, uh, oh, d- yeah, Donald Glover uh, and his brother, screenwriter Stephen Glover. Oh, OK. Yeah. Um, they're. Yeah. So uh, they're going to serve as showrunners. That's um, awesome. That's good yeah. news. Yeah, it's, I, really good news. that sounds like fun to me. So, and you know,
0: like FXX, like it, it lets Archer air and say pretty much whatever they want. So, yeah. that just means they'll have carte blanche to do absolutely anything. Yeah, absolutely. For Deadpool, kind of works perfectly, right? Yeah. So, at yeah. least it did in the movie.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> I wonder um, if they're going to bring on cable too if they do a cable Deadpool thing. That would why would thing. they not? Yeah. Exactly.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't see why they wouldn't. Um,
3: if they but have rights to Deadpool, they must have cable
1: too. Well, it's X-Men, right? So I don't know how the TV rights work exactly. When it's, with it's all Fox, way. right? And Fox, Fox should have the rights because FXX is Fox. Yeah. So they yeah. should have the rights to all of the uh, mutants and, uh, and Deadpool and anything that has been in a Fox Marvel movie, presumably they would be able to use. I
0: don't know exactly how the rights, like the difference between the TV and the... That's true.
1: In um, animated versus live animated action Animated versus Live action.
0: Yeah, like I don't know how any of that kind of stuff differentiates between yeah. stuff. There's so much like granularity in the way they fucking divvy up the rights to all that stuff.
1: It's well, impossible to say. But I mean when Marvel was back like fucking selling off the rights though, I don't think that there was that much granularity to it. It was no, basically no. just like buy some stuff. We need yeah, you to buy some money. shit so that we don't go under hey, and now they're like trying to get it back like a tiny bit at a time kind of yeah. thing. Hey, I don't know. Like they were like it's it was twenty years ago
0: around, it was almost twenty years ago now. They were like in chapter 11 mm-hmm. And now they are pretty much the most powerful media company on the planet. Like
1: well, they're part of the they're, pa- or they're
0: most part of popular it,
1: anyway. media company on the planet. <laughs> well, they're yeah, a big was...
0: part but they're a big fucking
1: part oh, of it. Yeah. The... They're a big big piece of that pie. Yeah. So For sure. So I don't um, know. Guardians opened pretty big last weekend. It did, yeah. And there there's a lot of that Oh yeah, there's a lot of stuff uh that's um Sort of just starting to get integrated into the parks and stuff now, too. Like, you can do a baby Groot and Star Lord meet and greet at, at, at Disneyland or Disney oh, World be right amazing. now. Yeah. Um, and they're also bringing in a lot of the, I mean, they already had a lot of the Star Wars stuff, but like you can do BB 8 meetups and stuff like that, too. So, that'd but be they're, cool shit. yeah. The problem lies in that, uh, I might have mentioned this on the podcast before. Um, you guys uh, know how there's like Universal Studios has like a Marvel Islands of Adventure. Like a yeah. little part to his park. So Marvel owns the rights to, I guess, theme p- er, Marvel based rides and attractions and shows and stuff like that on yeah. the East or on the East coast, basically anywhere East of the Mississippi. So they can do more stuff like that on at Disneyland, but not at Disney world yet until they get all that figured out. So Marvel,
0: Marvel's rights, like we were just saying, they yeah, are it's all a, it's a mess. The over the place. Yeah. There's some licensing deals that they've, made out of desperation that are probably yeah. like 20 years later now they're like the biggest deal on the planet for a lot of the time that it's yeah. probably like they're like we i really wish
1: that had not happened
0: but yeah, you know what so. they're here because of it so i this guess it's true there is
1: that this is true um another another big thing that got announced this uh, past week that also kind of came out of left field uh because there had been a lot of talk of a hellboy 3 with Ron Perlman but we got an announcement this week that there's going to be an R-rated Hellboy 3 or Hellboy reboot uh, without Ron Perlman without Guillermo del Toro
3: that's heartbreaking yeah i i heard this news and i just like my immediate reaction is i don't want it like i love <laughs> hellboy 2 so much like i really really love, I love it, it.
0: I really love both Hellboy yeah. movies. Like I, I, never had a problem with either of them. I liked both of them a lot. And like Ron Perlman as Hellboy was like, note perfect. He was like, yeah, exactly. That, so that's, good.
1: It's one of those things like you know they're gonna have a really hard time like remaking the Lord of the Rings movies because they'll never find like another Gandalf
0: yeah. as good
1: as Ian McKellen something like that. Like it's that fucking perfect. Yeah. Well,
0: um, yeah. it's like we we just talked about Logan. Like
1: yeah. who's we cast fucking Wolverine
0: like right now, guys? Yeah, like, exactly. I yeah. dare you to do it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, it's <laughs> been easy enough to recast Spider-Man because both Tom McGuire and Andrew Garfield had their problems, and I feel like Tom Holland's going to get it right. Um, but and but now that Robert Downey Jr. has taken over the role of Iron Man, like who's going to be Iron Man next? And we talked about yeah. this a little bit with like the new legacy characters that Marvel's popping up and trying to diversify them a lot. Um, but with Hellboy, like it still feels too early. Um, and it's too soon after we got burned by the no Hellboy three with Ron Perlman news that mm-hmm. I, I, my, I just don't want it. Yeah. Think, yeah. So I mean, the- I'm in the
0: bag. Like I'll go see it. Obviously I love Hellboy. Hellboy one of my favorite books ever, but it's still like, yeah, it is pretty quick. But like, to be fair, we are on Spider-Man number three and that first movie came out in 2002. Like, yeah. 15 years and three, three Spider-Man. Three Spider-Man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and like yeah. how many Batman have we had in our lifetimes guys? Like, yeah. yeah. From eighty nine <laughs> till now there's been one, two, three, We're four four, five fifth. Yeah. Fifth. Fifth live action one. That's not even a count yeah. like Conroy. So But yeah,
1: Batfleck is number three. The five. real Batman, God yeah. damn it. And uh <laughs> and maybe six if you count uh T V. Mm-hmm. Uh, live action TV as well, so if yeah. you If you count you count uh, Gotham, non yeah non uh, non Batman Bruce,
0: and like they're they're even sounding like they might even they might drop a a Batman cameo or something in the DC TV. They've made reference to the character a couple times on a couple of the different shows, specifically Supergirl. They keep offhandedly yeah. mentioning Clark's grumpy friend kind of thing. They did it this week, and I was like, oh, they're talking about Bruce.
1: Yeah, well, and he factored pretty heavily in uh, in Powerless as well, although. That, uh well, that, let's jump into that one then. So in terms of all of the TV renewals and cancellations, uh Powerless finally got the 100% final acts this week, which I don't think anyone was surprised about. No,
0: it's not a surprise. I mean, it was like, I, I didn't hate any of it. And I think we mm-hmm. talked about it on the show a couple times. Yeah. But like, I didn't hate it, but it just didn't captivate me to the point where like every week I'm looking for it, which... yeah.
1: I do hope that they'll put out the last couple episodes somewhere, just so they'd like to see them, but yeah, it's not nah. going to end up on anybody's you know, favorite list or anything like that. I'm sure it'll end up on Hulu at some point, and you'll, you'll yeah. watch it. So, um, But on the plus side, uh, greenlit or announced, there was a few different um, comic book, well, nerdy shows in general, uh, that sci-fi um, Superman prequel Kry- Krypton finally got announced. Oh, Like, you know, greenlit for a season. So we'll, we've we talked season about the like cable season. Uh I don't I didn't see how many episodes it was. Okay. Here I, I still have the article open somewhere. Um yeah, Krypton, for f- it says full season. Uh uh so See, full season that could mean anything with yeah, sci-fi. Yeah, could could be like, could be 10 episodes, could be 20, 25 or something like what that. Was, who knows. When
0: Battlestar was on Sci-Fi, like how many episodes per season was that? Sometimes it was 22, sometimes it was 13. Like it
1: just Yeah. Whatever they felt
0: like doing, right? So Yeah.
1: And apparently also the, uh, the Grant Morrison and Derek Robertson series Happy comic book also Ooh. has had an, a season order as well. I have no fucking... I've never even heard of that. I've heard of it, but I haven't read it. Grant yeah. Morrison's like... Um,
0: what do you want to call it? Like extracurricular activity stuff. Like the non-DC stuff. I kind of come and go on it depending on what it is. So. Yeah. Um, it's usually in retrospect once it's done and the people are like, now nah, this is one you should go read that I'm like, yeah, I'll go pick it up. But yeah.
1: if it's ongoing and nobody's really said
0: anything, I'm just like,
1: eh. "Yeah." Yeah. Uh, I think sci-fi is really just trying to throw a bunch of stuff at the wall to get something going because they don't mm-hmm. have much right now. Apparently they're also um, working on an adaptation of Night Flyers, which is a George R.R. Martin novella, um, which again, I have no idea besi- what it is besides that. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, on the CW side, uh, we're getting a full season of Black Lightning, which is the character I've got some love for. So I think that that could be interesting. Is it a DC TV? Like, is it going to get rolled into the Flareverse? I can only imagine if it's going to be CW that they would. Um, and I, I five nights, man. Like, that's yeah. a lot of TV. True. Well, I mean, five. F- well. Supergirl isn't really Flareverse; it's tangential, but it's close enough yeah. like they cross over pretty much
0: whenever they want now that they're yeah. on the same network so yeah I and mean it, at, at some point they're gonna collapse those earths right like it might be way like a couple years down the road, but that's it's gonna happen at some point. So are yeah, they planning
3: true. on doing, like, an actual crisis with these characters? Or? They've hinted
0: at it in The Flash a number of times, right? Like, Flash disappears in crisis kind of thing? Like, that was the yeah. headline on the newspaper in season one. So.
3: Yeah. I'm still catching up on these shows, and I'm... Oh, Arrow's being quite a slug. Where are you in Arrow? Uh, season three? Oh, three and four is where it starts
0: to get...
1: Yeah, it comes back I've... around in in five and six though. Oh, it's like it, no, we're really still in 5 in five, right? Or in five, right. Yeah, we're in five. Five's wow. been really good. I've enjoyed five. Yeah. Um, but... This
0: week's episode was a little <laughs> hit or miss. Yeah, I've a little I've, too, yeah, too uh, alicity esque for my taste, but mm, yeah, um, whatever.
3: Yeah, but uh,
0: the everything Flash else is... has been everything else has been awesome this yeah. year. So like Flash and has been good, and Legends was fantastic this year. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, the Flash. Is I've been enjo- enjoying I enjoy. I enjoy Supergirl. Yeah, yeah. And Flash Supergirl is, always... is
3: fun. So yeah. I haven't touched Legends of Tomorrow yet, but
0: I'll get there. the first season's a bit of a a tough sit, but the second season yeah. is just like they just throw all the rules out the fucking window and just yeah. are like, how can we make this as fun and fucking ridiculous as possible? And they just go for it and they kill it all superheroes. year. Heroes.
3: Yeah. Just, well, it's not uh, just, just more we... superheroes.
0: They have like it's the they have the best bad guys all of a sudden because now they they yeah, have the, uh, the with Neil McDonough. Doom yeah they have Neil McDonough and the original Thrawn, uh yeah. and um why can't I remember John Berman Jack is it John Bur yeah John Berman, Mer- like Malcolm, Malcolm Merlin. Merlin Malcolm yeah. Merlin
1: yeah yeah so da- yeah da- Damien Dirick Mar- Malcolm Merlin and uh and reverse flash yeah all together. They have them
0: all like hemming it up totally like just chewing the scenery all the time it's yeah awesome
3: yeah, it, one it, was of the really, really it was really I really liked good. about the Justice League cartoon when it really expanded. It was I think it was the JLU. JLU. Um, yeah, yeah when it was just like a rotating cast. You had like the Justice League member that you knew and loved, and then you had a rotating cast of so many different heroes who were yeah. and it like they got a lot of like geeky guest stars to uh, voice the the characters. Like I liked still, that. But it was still, still the best. The one I remember the
0: best is still uh it was um the question was um jeffrey combs
1: mm. and they had mm. amy
0: acker as the huntress and they had the two oh, nice. of them playing off each other i was like that's fucking
1: like just <laughs> nerd boners all around it was so yeah. awesome yeah and then is uh neil patrick Harris was the flash on that series too wasn't he yeah. no that was uh, michael rosenbaum oh yeah yeah, michael rosenbaum that's and right. then uh no, the one right. what, who else was in there i think vigilante
0: was um mal um nathan villian nice. yeah yeah so
3: they just had tons of like nerdy people come in and do like bit parts
0: yeah. and stuff. It was yeah. pretty cool. So nice.
2: if they
3: if they could get a series where they just like throw as many heroes and villains at me as I can handle, then that's the kind of series. That's I'm pretty much legends.
0: Yeah. The last like, especially this year it was just like it was pretty crazy. Yeah, with that kind of stuff. This year. Um, it was a lot of fun.
1: But this uh, this Black Knight Black Lightning series sounds pretty distinct from the other uh dc like cw stuff like for starters i mean it's a minority uh lead which is nice to see too it is uh apparently he's older like he's this is him like coming back like it's sort of a a logan-esque like unforgiven uh like um you know uh older hero coming back like he's already been black lightning he hung up his suit and now he's come back because he's got a daughter uh, who's sort of pushing him back into it and there's more gang activity in his neighborhood or something like that so he gets pulled back into it so that seems like it could be interesting if done right
0: sounds good to me
3: yeah, yeah better than yet another young plucky uh
0: virgin yeah. story like a real absolutely yeah, well, story they're pretty bound ba- they're pretty balanced i mean they're not balanced in terms of diversity right now but in terms of like young plucky it's not I mean, at this point, Arrow, like they've got Oliver pretty aged up. Like he's not—he's the mayor and stuff. So it's not like he's mm. yeah. a kid. And the Legends team is pretty, like, I mean, they're all mostly white, but they are pretty, like, age range. Yeah. Good, so. Yeah. They've
1: got Heat Heatwave considerably older, and yeah, yeah, and yeah. And Professor Stein is considerably older. Yeah.
0: And, and then you definitely have Flash and like uh, Supergirl, who are the you know plucky upstart kind of like. Yeah. Happy, happy members of the team kind of thing, but
1: Yeah. Um and in between uh new series and cancel series, we've got renewed series, which includes Gotham, Agents of Shield, IZombie, The Exorcist, and Once Upon a Time all got renewed. So did uh American Gods already. So well, they are two oh, episodes
3: nice. in and they already got a season C <laughs> C2. I did yeah,
1: is, I saw that as well. <laughs>
0: I'm like
3: Hooray. Yeah, yeah, man.
0: Those two first two episodes have been Fucking Amazing. awesome! So, that, <laughs> did you guys see this week's episode? Yeah, uh, yeah. I've watched the first two so far. The Orlando Jones like introduction, like the Mr. Nancy introduction. Yeah. That was a good little monologue. That was an awesome scene. Yeah. So, the,
2: yeah,
3: the, that show and the Handmaid's Tale are like just owning my TV watching right now. Like, as <laughs> soon as they drop, well, that and RuPaul's Drag Race, but as soon as those episodes drop, of I am on it like i have to watch american gods i have to watch handmaid's tale like handmaid's
1: tale yeah handmaid's tale has been good but every fucking time they try and use music it just pulls me right out of it because it's so goddamn clumsy
3: yeah
1: Uh, i agree like whoever's supervising the music on that fucking show needs to be shot yeah i think it's someone from
3: hulu yeah like because they use pop songs when they should be using like orchestral score there is one scene i thought it worked where they had a very haunting rendition of heart of glass by blondie uh during a yeah. protest. And that one i liked but they sometimes they'll just like, straight up use a pop song at the end of the episode and i'm just like uh yeah every- you just the- totally
1: killed you know all the build-up and yep. all the emotion with that, mm-hmm. putting that in there.
0: So, what you're saying is Westworld's doing it right. They're not yeah. doing it. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. But Elizabeth That was Moss, still like, yeah. as good as Westworld. Like, I loved Westworld all the way through, but like, it was the music when I finally caught on to what they were doing that just like, it blew my fucking mind. Yeah. So yeah. I was just like, holy shit, wait, that
3: was a Radiohead song.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Ah.
3: Um, Elizabeth Moss is killing it every week, though, as she did yeah, on that She's event, good, though. Too. She's
1: yeah. So no, good. her performance has been
3: great. It's just the, the, uh,
1: the production quality on it isn't quite there but the performances are great and the writing's been pretty good it's just that they need to step up the the actual production of the show a little bit more
3: yeah i agree
1: but like it's who's uh, producing it like is it it's anybody i don't know i don't know who the showrunner is um or if it's anybody notable um that's what we have the internet for yeah yeah it is um,
3: someone
0: this is why i like this is why i like non-hosting episodes where i don't have to host i don't have to look anything up i can just ask questions and like <laughs> sit here and wait for tim to answer my questions
1: um nice.
0: and fill dead air while tim's looking things up just, yeah. just bruce muggle.
1: miller is the creator for the show and his I, I have no idea if he's done anything else at all hmm, doesn't sound uh, familiar to me no me neither but. I'm super curious about the show. It's, I've heard
0: awesome things. I just I I feel like it's a binge show, so I'm kind of I'm waiting it. So uh,
3: I I honestly think that it's such a, a the show is so disturbing that I actually have to take breaks from watching it sometimes. Like the I sat of, through Oz though, so yeah. like <laughs> it's just, it's a different kind of horror. Like because it's so unsettling in the the dystopia. Like yeah. Um, yeah. that it, it especially since we're we're. Watching this as the Trump administration unravels, it's mm-hmm. so it's just oh. so true. It's so real,
1: and plus, it's it's a lot easier to sympathize with these women than it is with a bunch of fucking like you know prisoners and gang members and true. white white supremacists and shit like that on Oz. True, but that's still a really tough sit. Oh, to it is more it's, than like two fucking episodes brutal. at
0: a time. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like yeah, I could slog through a season of Hadbait's Tale* without too much trouble. If it's only it's only
1: a five episode miniseries. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. yeah.
0: Oh, then I yeah I'm binging it. I'll binge it on a weekend when it's done. Mm-hmm. Forget that.
1: Yeah, um, that's a
0: five hour movie to me. Then that's yeah, basically.
1: Fine. Uh, we're gonna be talking about a thirteen hour movie later today. Yes, we are. <laughs> um. So, but yeah, in terms of those other shows, like I've been watching Gotham, Agents of Shield, and I Zombie. I haven't watched The Exorcist yet. Uh... But I've heard really good things about it. That was the one of those four shows that I do watch
0: actively. I am. I've watched the first season of I Zombie and I enjoy it, but it's just not appointment TV for me. I will yeah. Netflix it when it, mm-hmm. I get around to it. Same. The other two, I've heard Agents of Shield is better this year, but again, it has been pretty good. I don't like. They lost me in like the Inhuman. The stuff. Inhuman stuff. I just yeah. just like I every time. This is like Marvel Zombie guy talking, but like. Quit trying, like, I don't want to quote Mean Girls, but, like, quit trying to make the Inhumans happen. It's not going to happen. Like, it's just not going to happen. I had the same thought earlier in the episode. They try. Every couple years, they try to make this big fucking deal of the Inhumans. And it's just, like, it's shitty X-Men, guys. Like, it's shitty X-Men. And they're not even British in a crappy magic school, like it's just <laughs> shitty X Men. <laughs> and there,
1: and there was so many, so much. So many people you, online Christy. that were, uh, yeah, so many people online were shitting all over that uh, first production image of oh, the Inhumans TV show. Yeah, particularly what Medusa's like really fake ass hair. Yeah,
2: yeah, it looked. It looked and
1: really the fact, odd. and the fact that uh, what's his name Lockjaw wasn't in it. Yeah. yeah. But, well,
0: that's a that's gonna that would be a hard character to do on TV. I think. <laughs> yeah. I don't... If they can do Grodd on TV, they can do Lockjaw on TV. Yeah, Yeah, but they they want Lockjaw to be a regular. They do Grodd, like, once a year. Yeah. Yeah. And they, like, barely really, like... He was, like, this year's episode was pretty much, like, hit, like, clear cutaways to him Mm -hmm. behind bars and stuff. Like, they did not interact except for the last, like, three seconds or something, so... it's true.
3: Yeah, I just don't understand... um, Like, I know what Marvel is doing with, like, trying to make the Inhumans into mutants and... They don't so, have X-Men. Yeah. For TV, right? So mm-hmm. they can't... But the, they're just trying to make it a thing. But the core Inhuman group... Concept. concept. with Black Bolt and Medusa and Crystal and Lockjaw, um it's not super... Like, they could Game of Thrones it up a little bit and make it, like, Palace Intrigue kind of TV uh mm-hmm. with superpowers, uh, but... I don't know. Like it just doesn't seem like a really strong concept for a series.
2: Um, a None of the characters provide. are
0: compelling. It means your lead ostensibly is mute. How do you make that somebody you want to watch on a week to week basis? Like yeah. it's I don't know. I think that they. I could see how they could do that, but I. It would be we'll a hard. It would be a hard game to play. I think yeah. for yeah. them to do that right, and
3: it, it just makes me think of. Um, uh, Bendis's Mighty Avengers run where he always had a thought bubble over someone's head oh. while the dialogue was happening? Is that what they're <laughs> going to do with Bolt with the constant uh, like internal monologue? Inner monologue? Oh my god. <laughs> like, good god. I hope not. Yeah. But
0: That was such a disappointment because his new Avengers run up to that point where they split the books was so goddamn good and then Mighty Avengers was just like, Why? dude, what happened? Like, <laughs> what happened? And I like Bendis. Like I'm a Bendis apologist. I think he's actually a pretty good writer overall. But like that, Mighty Avengers decision was just like. (laughs) Well,
3: yeah. Let's just hope that that's not what.
0: Who do they have? Didn't he have like Terry Dodson drawing those fucking issues, or like somebody really good, like Michael Cho drawing those issues? And like he's covering up this gorgeous art with like extra fucking bubbles. I was like, oh god, dude, (laughs) dude, what are you doing?
3: Oh well, let's hope that's not the the route the the route they take to uh, Inhumans. Yeah, agreed.
1: Uh, well, while we're leaning hard into comic book nerddom, uh, some sort of sadder uh, comic book news, reminiscent of news that we heard from Stan Lee earlier in the year. George Perez has started canceling con appearances to focus on his health. Well, that's not good. No, it's not surprising. Like he's, you know, he's, he's getting, getting up there, and I, uh, I've heard that his memory has kind of been going for a while, um, but he still seemed physically pretty good. So. Who knows? We'll see. He was at Fan
0: Expo, a couple. One of the years Paul and I were there, so like this is going back like four or
1: five years, I think. Mm-hmm. He was there, but yeah, he's been at Dragon Con two, two or three years that I've been there, so he's yeah. he's he's pretty regular, and he's yeah. one of those guys that um, I don't think he ever charges for autographs or anything like that. No. Like it, there's always a huge line. He's always super friendly. So I've heard he's you know one of the like best people to. Um, uh, and you're super, super grateful to his fans. So yeah, one of the few books I actually have still that is autographed is my
0: JLA Avengers that he drew. So yeah. I actually got him to sign number one, just because why not?
1: Yeah. He's oh no, I was, I, I, I'd get Crisis uh, signed by him for sure. Yeah. Well, I don't have the original issues of that, so there's no point.
0: So, yeah.
1: Um, Christy just
0: sent us a message saying, "Sad, she's not here. Nuns Aww. in pajamas everywhere, <laughs> and a sad a picture of her making a face." <laughs> Wait, are they having a, a nun
1: pajama party? Well, I'm assuming like the show's tonight, right? So,
2: yeah. I don't know.
1: Um. Well, yeah. I can't. It's fucking ten o'clock. It seems like it would have already started at this point.
0: Oh, she might just be backstage hanging out. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, fair enough.
1: Um. Another bit of uh, sadder news was that uh, the uh, Stan Stanley Weston, who was the creator of GI Joe and the Thundercats, uh, passed away this week at age 84. Oh, I didn't hear um, that. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean, older guy and probably 84, yeah. Yeah, so not that surprising, but uh, still kind of sad. I mean, those were both big parts of probably Mark and my childhood, at least. Yeah,
0: I don't know about uh, Paul being a G. little. Yeah, Joe, not G. so much,
3: but Thundercats for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. GI Joe was for me. I think more. GI Joe was
0: always tangentially just because of Transformers. I was never. I was more of a Transformers guy than a GI Joe guy. Yeah, yeah.
3: I think but I probably yeah, still I was, saw
0: Transformers G. was G. mine too. Yeah, I was a I was a big Transformers guy. Yeah. Still am, oddly enough. As you can see from the giant fucking Devastator behind yeah. me, but.
1: It's one of those things that if I had more money and uh and space, um I definitely would collect Transformers like uh, that was the one like toy that I really was into as a kid, that and like yeah. Micro Machines. Yeah. Um, I love that I love that like the the masterpiece Transformers. They feel like they're almost mm-hmm.
0: statuesque in a way, so like I like having I have a couple of them that are yeah. around, so
1: I've got, yeah, I've got a bunch that are still in my parents' house in boxes. I just don't have any room for them down here, unfortunately, um, yet. Uh, so, uh, we've had reviews start coming in for Alien Covenant. And there have been some good ones, some bad ones. I've seen both. Uh, so, it's got about 70, 74% on Rotten Tomatoes so far, which isn't bad. Um, a lot of people were thinking, you know, it was going to be pretty terrible. So I, uh, that's better than I was expecting, at least. Is that I next mean, weekend? Uh, it comes out next weekend, so Excellent. I'm, I'm out. I'll probably go see it. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah. Yeah, well,
3: I'll is see that... it too. But Prometheus yeah. really disappointed me. So I was oh. one of the i
0: <laughs> <laughs> an apologist, though. We're going to get into it right am. now. Yeah,
1: okay. I'm, I'm a Prometheus apologist. Always. Granted, I haven't, I haven't seen it since it, uh, since it. I think I saw it in theaters, and I don't own it. But uh, I did enjoy it overall. I I mean I had issues with it, but uh... yeah.
3: too much just too much idiot too, ball. Too I was gonna long. say too many
0: <laughs> too many stupid things
3: happening from supposedly smart people. It was just like yeah yeah it was it was maddening to watch all these, these very very intelligent <laughs> scientists make the stupidest choices I've ever seen. <laughs> Especially at the very beginning of the movie where I'm like this is how this is how this is gonna roll. This is how like what the yeah. architects are uh yeah our our banking on is the stupidity of humans and like (laughs) yeah (laughs) but uh i mean i'm just such a fucking
1: alien junkie that i'll take any excuse to see xenomorphs on screen or neomorphs or whatever kind of fucking morphs they want to have at me ovomorphs or whatever i like the design of the neomorph
0: so like i'm I'm like i like most of this stuff i'm kind of in the bank for like i'm gonna go see it I'll yeah. see it eventually. Like, I'll watch it. It's just... Yeah. It's a matter of, like, am I going to rush out that weekend and see it? Like...
3: Yeah. Yeah. I'll just watch Alien and Aliens on repeat instead. Maybe Alien mm. versus Predator to watch The Sleigh Ride of Friendship. And then... <laughs> <laughs> I love Alien
1: 3. I think it was the first Alien movie that I saw, though, but it's... I think I almost... In some ways, I prefer Alien 3 to Aliens. It's such a Fincher, like... Oh, it it's, is. It's
0: such a Fincher movie. Yeah. Like And not even, like... A good Fincher movie, but it's definitely a Fincher movie. movie. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> it's true. Um, well, th- speaking of things, I'm one hundred percent in the fucking bag for. Uh, we got a full trailer for Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Oh fuck! Which my mm. I went from fucking like six to midnight at, like yeah. a ra- and then around about eight different times. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> yeah. Holy fuck! They did a good job cutting that trailer. I'll give them that much. Like
0: yeah.
2: I don't
1: know, I don't know if like I'm super
0: like up for that movie because like. Oh. I touching love the that, original blade runner. Oh, so do I, absolutely. But like I feel like touching that franchise at this point is almost like sacrilegious, but I mean
3: Yeah. Calling it a franchise is so weird because it's like yeah, it's it's, a not, it's movie. one <laughs> movie. Yeah, it's yeah. a tiny little novel. That's what it mm-hmm. was originally. I know. Um, so like and the the movie would like was so good in spite of itself. Like I love uh the original blade runner. It's so mm-hmm. amazing, but like it none of it should have worked as well as it did in my mind but <laughs> well, it was it's it's
1: just it's one of those things where the 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 world was created in such detail and and in such an amazing like stylized way that it just drew you right in like yeah. this movie or this world looks so visually interesting that i want to know everything about it kind of thing and that that aspect of it seems like they've 100% got it right in the new movie as well like that yeah. visual style and the the sort of style of the world is is brought it, like it took me right back to those original movies so yeah. or that
3: original movie I should say yeah that, so yeah that uh, the original movie did the neo noir concept so well and just like it I think it pretty much like created it defined genre. that genre yeah yeah for sure that's that's the trope codifier absolutely for yeah.
0: neo noir and it gets stolen from so liberally for like almost everything now like, oh yeah.
1: It's so just wow. like everywhere.
0: Yeah. There's uh, no
3: matrix without blade runner or do Android stream. So,
1: I mean, even um. the newer, the newer star Wars movies pulled from that a lot as well. Like yeah, you have these big, like towering cities, uh, where, you know, you've got people crawling around in like the alleys and, uh, in the lower levels of these huge, uh, you know, planet city kind of things. So
0: well, same with like, it's like with the Luke movies, like, uh, yeah. Fifth element and, um, uh, yeah. and Hulk Valerian Valerian's coming, coming up. up. Yep. Yeah which i saw the trailer for attached to guardians and was just like that is i did too That looks a little crazy but i'll i'll i'm like i said i'm in the bag for 90% of this shit so it's yeah. just
2: like
0: i'm going to go like, but it
2: looks
1: it looks crazy in the same way that fifth element looked crazy yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. and i'm like oh fuck yeah yeah <laughs> i yeah, could totally. you know because that's that's one you know there is a lot of movies that get aped a lot these days fifth element is a really tough movie to ape um, oh, in yeah. terms of style and in terms of tone. So, if they can capture that lightning in a bottle again, I'm 100% there for it. I want him to take, like,
0: I, d- I, I know it's like he, sh- he can do his own thing, but I want him to take on a major franchise and do something like. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see him do a Star Trek movie. Yeah. Like, I would just
1: love to see him do a Star Trek movie. Or, like, or a Star Wars see. anthology movie or something yeah. like that. Yeah, 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 for sure. Like, he could do an amazing job with, like, the. The like the bounty hunter movie, like the yeah. uh, Boba Fett movie, that's been the Robert Han Solo movie would be like that. right up his alley. Like, yeah, that would have been something I would have tossed right at him. But like at this yeah. point, like
0: I, I still like because Star Trek's so up in the air right now. I'd mm-hmm. be like, give him the next, give him Star Trek four. Yeah, yeah. Why Make the fuck it as not? weird as you can? Yeah, go crazy, <laughs> man. Like you don't have anything to lose. Like, yeah, Beyond was great, but it didn't like set the world on fire. Mm-hmm. Take a
1: chance. Give the crazy guy
0: <laughs> a fucking crazy Star Trek movie. <laughs> mm-hmm
1: um yeah fair enough the oh the other uh show that uh wasn't necessarily announced but that we finally got a little bit more information on is uh the brian singer x-men show which has now got a title it's the gifted and we got a little
3: teaser for that um so yeah they actually have like an actual named mutant in it already it's gonna be polaris which is kind of awesome yeah. That means House of M. That means uh, Magneto. They're not using crew. those big characters. I don't think they're going to be able to use those big characters.
0: Yeah, no, I know. But plus, it's up for debate whether they can even touch. Like, I mean, I guess they can because of the split. But like, uh, Scarlet Witch, Quicksilver, and Quicksilver. Well, that's what I mean. I mean, so Quicksilver is huge yeah, the third in the movie fucking franchise. version of
1: Quicksilver now.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but Quicksilver's is so big in the movie franchise for Fox, and they've yeah. done nothing with Scarlet Witch and left her to Marvel and Marvel's killed their Quicksilver and just left Scarlet Witch in there.
3: So, yeah. So my, my guess is that if they're going to, they might bring Scarlet Witch in for their Fox version on that show. Um, if they have Polaris, like, um, and maybe they'll have havoc on there. I don't know. I was going to say they're going to have to do havoc then, right? Like you have to
0: do, it's just going to end up being X-Force then.
3: I'm okay with that. I'll take (laughs) X-Force on TV.
0: Absolutely. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I want... I don't know if I really want the Brian Singer-produced version of any of this stuff anymore.
3: You know what I mean? Like... Yeah, yeah. I know. He's... I think he's had his hands on that franchise for too long. Um, <clears throat> when well, he almost lost it, and then he came back. I was like, oh, God, God
0: damn it. Like... Well, my, better
3: Brian Singer than fucking Brett Ratner, okay? That guy is planned. <laughs> like,
0: as much as I've gone on record as saying I was not the biggest fan of First Class, like... Matthew Vaughn did a good job, like kind of resurrecting the franchise, and they just didn't do anything yeah. with that except for just hand the keys back to Singer when he was like, "Well, none of my other stuff's going anywhere. Let me make another X Men movie." <laughs> like, well, great, I stick my
1: dick back in this one again.
0: Yeah,
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, based on <laughs> Brian, the rumors about Brian Singer, that was a pretty. What were? Yeah, are for are sure there rumors?
1: <laughs> oh, no, I did yeah, I, I haven't heard about this. Yeah, he has uh, lots
3: of boys around. Lots of. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, that's not. I guess. I mean, if they're like underage boys, then that's some a of it, Some <laughs> of it.
0: Some of it's a little. Some of it's a little like back backdoor kind of Hollywood. uh yeah. not, the, not super on the up and up kind of rumors is what you usually just, I get. Just so.
3: rumors, though, guys. No libel. <laughs>
2: no yeah, no yeah, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. allegedly.
1: What, like Brian Singer's ever gonna fucking hear this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, well, speaking of people getting in trouble for uh, doing things where they shouldn't be, uh, the last piece of news that I had was just something fun that popped up, um, and that uh, Christy and I would probably have more to talk about, although Paul probably will too. Did you guys hear about this uh, Russian blogger that got sentenced to three years in prison because he was playing Pokemon Go in a church? <laughs> yes, I did hear about that. So he uh, filmed it and like put it on his like blog or whatever, and uh, they they got wind of it and that found they said that was sacrilegious, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, dude, dude's going to fucking jail for three years. Did he at least get good Pokemon from the church? Uh, I can't tell. I'm looking at the video. It looks like a fucking like Poliwag or something like that. Like, oh my god! Yeah, like, Playlist. can you imagine going to jail? Like, I, you know, I, I wouldn't say I'd go to jail for like a fucking Charizard at this point, but I did uh, leave my house and drive, uh, drive like half a mile away because I saw a uh, in my pajamas because I saw a uh, Charmeleon on my thing this morning, <laughs> and I I I need like five more Charizard or. Uh, yeah charizard candies to get my like her what get my charmander charizard yeah to,
3: charmander yeah. candies to get my charizard so okay yeah i <laughs> i so pokemon go launched in south korea just in february of this year mm. um so it was the worst time for it to launch yeah everybody I, wants to go out in february
1: well you're yeah. in the are you in the southern hemisphere though or no
3: we're in the, we're in the on, almost on the same uh uh, latitude, latitude that you guys are. So, oh, okay, so we have the my same geography is terrible, obviously. Yeah. yeah. S- same science <laughs> same climate, same everything. So, uh, when February rolled around, no one wanted to go out, and like I was, yeah. I started trying to play it again because I had played it in Japan a few times, and my hands were too cold, and I just didn't want to do it. So, <laughs> and then I was already playing Pokemon Sun and Moon, so I was like, this. Is this game is so much more complete and better than Pokemon Go. So I just played that instead. <laughs> so um I like with I see how Pokemon Go is growing as a game and it's getting better, but it was released so incomplete and yeah. not very fun that I just never really uh I never really got hooked on it. So Yeah. I I mean I'm
1: I wouldn't say I'm hooked on it, but I still play it a couple hours a week but that's usually just because i go out on runs and i play it while i'm running because you know i catch pokestops and uh that sort of thing uh, and you know hatch eggs just because i'm out and active anyway so i figure what why the fuck Might not well. yeah. gives me something to do that makes it a little more engaging than me just running for no reason yeah uh, so i mean other than just health but <laughs> yeah exactly just <laughs> gives a fuck yeah what, what um, so but I mean just from doing that basically I've got to like fucking level thirty three. So Yeah. I'm doing okay. That's good. Um yeah. Uh but anyways, that was all the news that I had. So uh Paul, would you like to join me in uh, doing a sting for the geek of the, geek the of week? Geek, 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 geek of the, of the week. week. There we go. Mark won't fucking do it. But nope. Paul's That's a trooper. It. Not drunk enough. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So with that, uh, well, Paul, we don't have you on very often, so why don't you start off and tell us what your geekiest thing you did this week
3: was. Well, my geekiest thing uh, actually is going to be happening today, uh, because I am going to the uh, Pokemon Festival in (laughs) (laughs) Incheon, and so... there. Um, I don't know if last week anyone Let's saw. Started another podcast video. and kind of fucking Pokemon <laughs> circle jerk or some more shit. Listen, it's a thing. So last week there was this viral video that went around of a Pikachu. Oh, the marching the marching the, Pikachu's where the the costume deflated, and that was here in Korea, <laughs> but about an hour west of Seoul. Um, and it's it's a two week festival, so they have like. Uh, Pikachu on parade and dancing and they have, so it's called the Pikachu carnival. So I'm going to go check that out today. Um, and just take a lot of pictures and hopefully if, if there is, um, a place where I can buy plushies, I will, I'm trying to collect, um, the third, uh, Starter plushie from Sun and Moon, so there's always three Pokemon starters, a grass yeah. type, a fire type, a water type. I have the fire and water type for Generation 7, but the grass type is so adorable. It's a cute little owl with a leaf bow tie. Um, I can show <laughs> you guys what it looks like right now because I have one, but it, yeah, it's called Rowlet. It's called Rowlet? Yeah. So it's a yeah, it looks oh, okay. like that. And it's super cute. And everyone, like when I went to, I went to Japan twice within the sun and moon time and I could not find this fucking plushie and I need to have it. So I'm hoping that I can <laughs> get my hands on it today but if not, I'll have to hunt it down when I go back to Tokyo in the summer. So,
1: I can see your... Uh, is that a Mew or a Mewtwo hanging up on your
3: That's a window Mew. back there? Mew. I have yeah. a collection of plushies that one might... Call insane. Um, <laughs> it's, it's mostly you. Can you yeah. not? Can
0: you not see what Tim's sitting in front of? Right. Yeah. Now? Exactly. Why, why, you
1: why can't call collections. any collections insane with Mark's uh, CDs in boxes collection and my comic books in boxes collection. Yeah. Uh, um, although at least yeah. my comic books are supposed to be in boxes.
3: Yeah. <laughs> so I guess we all have our version of shelf porn on our. Yeah. Our, our... We're all we we've all got our hoarding. Yeah. yeah. So
0: <laughs> I'm trying to get better, guys, but. That is my geek of the week this week too, a little bit actually. So Yeah,
1: well let's hear your, let's hear yours then, Mark. I I
0: I went I was because we were we did music last week, so I've been in music mode. So I went and did a little vinyl hunting this week. There's oh, a, nice. a nice there's a couple little record shops uh near my new job. Um so I I've had a couple discs that are slabs of wax that I wanted to grab that I was kind of lacking in my collection. So I was hunting those down. So I I've, I've cleaned up my I've got all the deaf tones on vinyl now. I've cleaned okay. up all the Queens of the Stone Age you can actually own on vinyl because they still don't have mm-hmm. the self-titled Our Songs for the Deaf, which just... Baffled my fucking mind!
1: <laughs> Is it that they've never released it on vinyl, no. or okay, it's never they been, did, you, you and it get... was just released in a small no. uh, release or something. If they did, I would have bought it on eBay at this point, probably. But some of those ones that have been, you know, that were released like fifteen years ago or something on really small pressings are stupid expensive, though. I've,
0: I've, I've spent uh, my pressing of Riot Act, the Pearl Jam album, was like a really small run, and it cost me two hundred fifty bucks to get it, like a year after the fact. <laughs> yeah, but. I have all their records on vinyl now, so <laughs> that makes me feel better about my life.
1: Yeah, so. sleep better at night because of that?
0: Yeah, I sleep better at night because knowing <laughs> I have everything. And uh, I finally, I'm, I'm still like, I found uh, Opiate by Tool on vinyl this week, too, and I grabbed that, and I'm just missing, they don't have, the only one they don't have on vinyl
1: is Anima, so... Mm. i i noticed that because that's uh alicia's favorite tool album and i was gonna get her that for christmas on vinyl but found out that it is not available on
0: vinyl. yeah that's the only one you can't get well actually no you can't get Ten Thousand days either um mm. but yeah. to be fair you could buy the if you did you grab her the lateralis on vinyl uh no uh, that is the most stunning fucking packet like vinyl package i've ever seen like it is okay. a beautiful set nice. um The album's out of order on it because of the track list, like how long the songs are based on like sides of vinyl and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But it is. So they had to
1: cram it together in whatever order they could fit it on.
0: More, it's mostly in order, but there's some weird stuff going on. It doesn't necessarily flow the way like whatever the album should. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it is nice to have like on my shelf being like, I do own Lateralis on vinyl and Undertow. Whatever. Yeah. One day they'll do Anima and uh, (laughs) 10,000 Days, hopefully. Nice. One day they might put a new album out too. <laughs> <laughs> nah, probably not. No, probably not. We are getting a perfect <laughs> circle record this year, so there is that. Also, <laughs> Paul, did you hear uh, the national are our Reverend Back? Oh right yeah, there? shit. I yes. had that on
1: uh, I had that on my list too and I didn't mention it. But yeah, they're the uh, a new album and a new tour by the night. They've announced shows for
0: Toronto and Hamilton back to back. World so.
3: tour, which doesn't include Asia, as per fucking usual. So <laughs> they, they usually just
0: tour Europe and the States. So. Yeah, this is like I I have come had... home, yeah, and then you can <laughs> see all these bands. I got tool tickets for like twenty days from now. Guess what? Yeah,
1: but. But there's no Pokemon Festival in Ontario. Mm. Anime
0: North is probably just going to be a giant Pokemon Circle Jerk. Um, <laughs> might That might actually be a literal thing. If, but... this, podcast, if this podcast made any uh, money, do... we'd probably be sponsoring it at this point.
1: Listeners, do not uh, Google Pokemon Circle Jerk. Oh, don't. Don't. Rule
0: <laughs> 34. Don't do it. Especially if you have an active DeviantArt account, because that shit will pop right up. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Just a bunch of clefairies with their like little fucking stubby arms trying to reach the text. <laughs> Just trying to reach the Oh, God.
3: Oh, I hate it. it. Uh, all
1: right. Yeah.
0: So, the National is coming back around, which is yep. exciting, yeah. which should yeah. be good. So.
1: Yeah. All right. Uh, well, for me, my uh, geekiest thing I did this week also leans into my uh, music geekiness. So... Uh, BuzzFeed posted an article that was like, uh, here, the title of it was 28 things people under age 14 will never believe we used to have to do. And the cover image for it, like the the one that they were sort of featuring, was, uh, remember that time when you had to carry both your iPod and your phone because you didn't have a smartphone yet? Yes, and man. I saw this article, like, as soon as it posted... And I jumped on it, and I was like, "Fuck you!" I still have my iPod Classic because I like <laughs> to listen to music when I don't have an internet connection, like if I'm on a plane or driving through the country. And if I don't do that like heating up smartphone. my
0: data. It's on. You store it on your smartphone and just listen to, like,
1: yeah. If you if you don't have a uh, uh if you've got like you know 300 gigs of space on your fucking phone or whatever, <laughs> 256
0: gig, motherfucker. That's yeah. why I bought it.
1: <laughs> um and then my comment it was ended up being like the not the first comment but the top comment so it had like 900 uh plus reactions and like uh 50 plus comments and most of it was people being like you guys know that you know you can download stuff on Spotify and like you can do Apple Music, and I just kept posting like articles like, look at all these artists that aren't on Spotify or aren't on Apple Music and shit you like that. Can't get Tool on Spotify,
0: motherfuckers. Yeah, you can't
1: get fucking Prince. You can't get. Uh, I think you can get the Beatles now, but you couldn't for can get a the a long, Beatles, long yeah. time.
0: But couldn't get Zeppelin all for kinds. a long time either. Zeppelin and ACDC yeah. held up for a long time too. Yeah, you know? there's all kinds. Now of you artists. can, thank God, but yeah. fuck. You
3: can't get um, Joe and Newsome on any of those either, guys. <laughs> Ta-
0: you can't get Tay-Tay? <laughs> We're talking about artists yeah. people care about, though,
3: Paul. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: You can't I, get Taylor Swift. You can't get Tool. You can't get Tom York. Uh, yeah. Bob Seger isn't oh, on Spotify. Again. Beyonce isn't on fucking Spotify. Nope. Oh, is, is she
3: not? She's on Title nope. because Title, she... right, because... Because yeah. Jay-Z. Yeah, she's right. jerking off Jay-Z. Well, well that's literally and figuratively. Yeah. <laughs> Um, do what she wants. Yeah. If she's if she's the only artist propping up title, title's gonna last for a while, guys. <laughs> like, it's that is try. actually that's not that's pretty fair. So that is yeah, so that was yeah, my that, geek of the that week. That is week. a that
0: is a cult that I just do not ever want to like. I'd rather talk about like the Mexican drug cartels on here and like risk getting killed by them. Yeah, than <laughs> dealing the with the Beyonce the and the Beehive. beehive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. God. Or like Scientology so- or something like
2: that. Like, let's,
1: let's, <laughs> re- let's talk shit about Scientology before we go after
0: Beyoncé,
1: guys. Yeah, well, uh, L. Ron Hubbard's dead, at least. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, Tom Cruise is still alive, and <laughs> yeah. he is their god. So. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that was my, my geek of the week, was minor internet fame and getting to sort of bond with, you know, eight 800 or so other people that also still carry around their iPod Classic. Did you see the
0: article I posted from Alan Cross this week? I did. I didn't read it, but oh, you
1: mostly because I probably—I'm pretty sure I had an idea, mostly what it was saying. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but I no, I didn't have time to read it because I think I popped up like while I was at work, just scrolling Facebook. You should give it a read. It's
0: pretty interesting.
1: It does. It talks yeah. a lot
0: about like it's. It, it would be awesome for her to get Christy to read it and then have us all kind of talk about it on the show because it is <laughs> definitely that divide between yeah, like generation. you and I and then her like that just that.
1: Well, I fall I ago, fall but. on both sides, right? Like there are plenty of like um, artists now where I just know their signals and I've never listened to their albums, kind of thing. Um, there's, uh, but yeah. So I mean, I I think it's I don't know. I think it is generational still, to some extent, but there are some people that still kind of bridge the gap. Yeah. I'm still like, give me the album I
0: want to hear. I want I want to know if like if they have two or three good songs, that's all well and good. But I need yeah. to know if they're going to be worth following, if they can put together a cohesive 10 songs that aren't just like three good single or two good singles and a bunch of shit. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Like, is it a set list? Like, would I go buy a ticket? Would I buy a ticket? hour?
0: absolutely. Exactly. And that's like how I probably give most of my money to artists now is buying tickets. Or, I mean, I guess like at this point I'm just giving most of my money to Ticketmaster or StubHub, but you know, yeah. Yeah. In theory the artist is getting some money at the end of that day. So Yeah, yeah. once you buy merch from their
1: table, yeah, there is that. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yep. Um Yeah. Alright, well, with that, let us move on to our meat of
3: the of the episodes.
1: Is it blind? Dripping, meat? dripping red meat. Oh. Meat on fire. <laughs> the meat without fear. So in case it's not already apparent, we are going to be talking about Daredevil this evening, Uh, in particular uh, the first season of the Netflix Daredevil series, Um, Daredevil Uh, being commonly known as the Man Without Fear.
3: Um, guys, I misunderstood the assignment. I thought we were talking about the Ben Affleck movie, so I'm just going to duck out now. Bye. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah Darefleck. <laughs> Dare <Fleck, yeah. laughs> Jennifer Garner as Alexa. And, uh, Yeah. Oh. <laughs> hey, man, oh, I'll give...
0: Uh, what was, who was it? Michael Clark Duncan? Not oh, a yeah. That's
1: a- yeah, that's true. It's Not true. There's no Vincent D'Onofrio, but wow. we'll get to that.
0: There's definitely, yeah. There's We want to start doing this based on comparisons to the 2003 masterpiece that is <laughs> Fox's Daredevil movie. Yeah.
3: Oh, playground <laughs> but, fight scene. Oh, God.
1: Well, we are talking about the 2015. Uh, we're talking specifically about the first season of Daredevil, which sort of kicked off the Marvel Netflix uh, series, although that was part of the larger Marvel Cinematic Universe. So um, originally, uh, sort of um, envisioned by Drew Goddard, the uh, sort of Joss Whedon um, common uh, common partner. Yeah, yeah, he is one of the many disciples of the. Al- although has really s- sort of carved his own uh, his own niche at this point. Like he did Cabin in the Woods. Uh, and well, he was Cloverfield too, right? Yeah. So. Yeah definitely making his own name for sure. And and with this absolutely as well, though he only, he had to uh, leave apparently after. Yeah. yeah, Because he, he left to direct the sinister six movie for Sony. And and that went lots of, that went super well, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, not necessarily because the movie was bad or anything, but just because they ended up wanting to reboot Spider-Man again. So that Sinister six movie just is never going to happen. I'd be curious.
0: I'm still, I like, that's one of those dead, uh, I was never like I never wanted any of those movies, but that was because Drew Goddard was attached. It was the one that I was like, I am going to sit through that and probably enjoy
1: it, yeah. grudgingly. But now I never get to. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. With uh, uh, fuck, was the dude that they had as uh, the Rhino, um, oh, the little, oh, little I can troll of face. a little troll of a of a dude. No, that's oh, me. Rhino, Amazing Spider Man. Our listeners are probably yelling at the fucking Paul Giamatti, yelling Paul at, Giamatti, screen, right, yelling at, yeah. yelling at I, their radios almost. or or phones or or car stereos or whatever, right now. Um, yeah, but uh, after Drew Goddard left, uh, Stephen S. DeKnight took over uh, and did another a another outstanding job.
0: Another Weeden guy. They're both former Angel. Uh, yeah. Show like writers and showrunners and stuff. They both produced and wrote uh, big chunks of Angel. Yeah. And the only person who's not like who was involved with Angel that wasn't involved with Daredevil was Ben Edlund who of the Tick fame. So Yeah. Cuz he was a big part of Angel for a long time too. So hmm. um,
1: but yeah, so I wanted to start out I don't think we need to go through like one episode at a time, but I do think we want we should spend some time on the first episode in particular because a pilot, you know, a show's only as good as its pilot because that's really what hooks hooks viewers and gets them in. So the first episode into the ring. I think that the actual sort of recap of his not necessarily origin, but like how he gets his abilities was like, it was great. It was like one minute or less. That's all you need to know. And that it sort of captured it really succinctly. It wasn't beating you over the head with anything. It was just like car accident, toxic waste, Got bl- he's blinded, but, and he saves an old man. Like that's yeah. it. And that's all you need. And yeah. you start getting a little bit of the feel between him and his dad in terms of their relationship.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I think that <clears throat> the, the, the origin scenes, like the the uh, acquisition of the power scenes, they, they work better as a smaller concept mm. these days because it's been such a common uh, thing throughout so many superhero movies now. Yeah, um, they're part of the zeitgeist now yeah, at this point. So, so and uh, Daredevil is a pretty well-known one because of the, unfortunately, because of that movie. Um, yeah. So we didn't need like the, a big, to do it was it was snappy it was the right right way to approach it and it was yeah yeah yeah, for sure there was also a character that has
0: shown up like he's never had he's never been like a big major like star but he's his book's always been a very consistent seller it's always been a consistent quality book and like he was pretty popular a lot of the time and he does show up all over the place a lot so he is a character Mm -hmm. like people they not know everything about, but they will recognize like, oh, that's Daredevil. Like, but he, and he's a key character in the Marvel universe for sure. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah so, yeah. Um, but, but he, yeah, he's totally like, and it's going to be the same role he plays in this, where he very much unifies that ground level New York kind of yeah. vigilante scene. Like, yeah, I mean, Spider Man's always tangentially related, but if you think like ground level fighting, like the shit in the streets. Yeah, in the Marvel universe, the first one that pops into my head is Daredevil. So. And
1: Spider-Man always ends up fighting more powered villains. Usually, well, than he's also an Avenger Daredevil now, seems right? to.
0: Yeah, yeah. So he's um. also an Avenger. They tend to play Daredevil like the when Batman isn't dealing with um, like the super crazy like super villains, and he's dealing mm-hmm. with street level crime. That's all Daredevil is for the most part. Like he has yeah. some freaks that have like gimmicks, but they're never like
1: like bullseye. Uh, yeah,
0: but they're never like over the top super powered kind of like stuff it's yeah. usually just they've like, got
1: like sort of heightened skills or whatever yeah. or they're like you know other masters, or yeah, whatever are master uh martial artists or something like that but they're yeah. not like you know fucking he's not fighting like fucking robots and androids and magicians and shit like guys that. on guys on gliders and shit yeah, yeah exactly yeah. um but i think that this is like not just this episode but this season in general is it's how you do a good update on a classic origin story because oh, really? yes, we know what the origin is, but this adds a lot of new dimensions and new details and deepens everything. It deepens the story, deepens the characters, gives you more to latch onto, especially for a wider audience.
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh-huh. I think that the the sh- one of the strengths of this entire season was its characters um, that. Uh, Normally, like, and this is a problem that Iron Fist had, and I might be comparing the the series a lot, so I apologize in
2: advance. But like,
0: <laughs> they well, uh, at this point everything like I think we should like we're gonna we're trying to focus on Daredevil season one, but we are at the point now where we're we're waiting for Defenders, right? So right. like uh, I don't think it's it's unfair to say that we will be reaching out a little. No, bit. not at I don't all. I don't think it's like I off these. I think at this point because we have covered Luke Cage and we've kind of touched on Jessica. Uh, no, um, Iron Fist. Fist yeah. We never done an episode about Iron Fist completely, but it was kind of unnecessary given our overall opinion. <laughs> yeah. But I definitely think, like as we come up to Defenders, maybe it wouldn't be a terrible idea for us to go through and yeah. do this episode like for all three seasons of the shows that we haven't touched yet. So mm-hmm. yeah,
3: I just wanted to touch on the the idea that like they are with Daredevil, they had such a compelling beginning and origin uh, story that I, it was so surprising to me that they dropped the ball so hard with Iron Fist. Um, because they, they've they already, they have cement, like, I, Daredevil Season 1 cemented the structure of all of the other series. Jessica Jones, uh, Luke Cage, they and Iron Fist all follow a similar pattern in the way that the episodes arc and things like that. So, the, the but Daredevil Season 1 is the one that got it right the first oh, time. They but just that,
1: knocked that, out of the park. That might have been part of the problem, too, though, right, was that they tried to stick it to the formula too hard, yeah. whereas they maybe should have sort of adapted the formula to the different characters
3: and different styles of... uh, Yeah, so... Because of all the things, like, Jessica Jones is probably my favorite of the bunch. I'm not saying it's the strongest, but it's my favorite. But it also has one of my biggest problems, that the last few episodes drew the season out too long and didn't need to be 13 mm-hmm. episodes. Yeah. So, yeah, they keep trying to fit other characters into a Daredevil-shaped hole because, like, Daredevil has a very rich origin story with a lot of background characters and a really cool support network um, where Iron Fist really doesn't have that without, like, the Heroes for Hire, the Dawn of the Mm -hmm. Dragon. So um, because we have Foggy and Karen and uh, the amazing character arc of Wilson Fisk and, like, everything just... There was more more meat to it that they could uh, bring in and really make the origin story very rich. Yeah. yeah. The Absolutely. other three
0: characters are actually very tied together in a way that like Daredevil has its own space. And like, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to refer back to like the, the comics a lot probably because that's, I'm drawn, like I've read all this stuff too. Mm-hmm. Um, but like Daredevil has got its own little corner of the MCU or it's got its own little corner. Like it's in Hell's Kitchen and it's like just Daredevil and, sometimes the other guys touch but like Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist and like even the Punisher to some extent are a little bit more wrapped up in their own thing over there and mm-hmm. Daredevil's usually on his own so mm-hmm. yeah
1: no I really I I, I like this season overall and I think it was in uh in large part because of the supporting cast like I've seen plenty of tv shows or movies and stuff like that where the lead character grabs you especially comic books and and comic book series and stuff like that where the lead character is good and maybe like there's one supporting character that's that's pretty dimensional but the the comic books that I always um, come back to the most and are like this is you know what I really like are the ones where the supporting cast is really well fleshed out, like not just the other heroes and villains, but like the, you know, the Karen pages and the foggy Nelsons and Mm -hmm. the sticks and those sorts of characters. And I don't uh, think that's, I
0: don't think that's an uncommon precedent to think. If you think about the characters that have really stuck by in pop culture and Mm they're big icons, they tend to have a world around them that feels alive based on the supporting cast, right? Like Superman's got those characters that you always associate with them. Yeah. Batman's like we, got his team and like yeah. Daredevil has his group. Spider Man's the same way. Like, and the X Men. I mean, Wolverine, if you just want to say Wolverine, then he's got the X Men and like all those characters that kind of yeah. latch together, right? So you have that organic world that kind of doesn't necessarily revolve around that one character, but continues to flow through. So yeah. Daredevil's got its own awesome little core of like mm-hmm. having yeah. those three characters, like the Karen Page and Foggy and Matt oh, dynamic, and then also having. Wilson Fisk in there and his supporting characters that like they've drawn some of from the comics yeah, and that, yeah. a lot,
3: add a lot of dimension and yeah. one of the things that like again compared to Iron Fist Charlie Cox as Daredevil um, he doesn't wash out with all these really awesome characters around him uh, yeah. he is an excellent actor and um, they really it's really his story um, but I'm not bored when the camera shifts to somebody else because there's yeah. so yeah. much more to going on um because like i think with luke cage i think that he was maybe not the strongest character in the series when copperhead was around oh. uh, yeah
1: i think he was always going to be a more understated character though just yeah, because yeah. of that's who he is
0: yeah, he tends to be, he's he's more vocal now in the comics, but he's always kind of tended to be the... the s- quiet,
1: strong, quiet type. The
0: strong, kind of quiet type, yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah.
1: So, yeah.
0: uh... Although they've been playing him nicely against, um, Miles Morales in the books lately, now that mm-hmm. Miles Morales is in the, the mainline Marvel universe, like, having that black, long-standing superhero for Miles to look up to is yeah. interesting to, yeah. like, to see, so... Um, I'm gonna stop tangenting about comic books. I keep talking about the books.
1: Talk about the show. Let's talk about the show. Okay, so I'd like to, you know, I I thought that they sort of uh, got to his name, uh, got to the Daredevil name pretty well in the show. Like the, uh, they started out, you know, with the uh, be careful of the Murdoch boys. They got the devil in them. Then he becomes known as the Devil of Hell's Kitchen, and then you add in the Daredevil, where the cop like sees him jumping up the. Uh, the fire escape or whatever at the end. Like I thought that that was pretty organic. Like there are a lot of times where that seems f- sort of forced in this day and age, like a hokey sort of comic book name, you know, uh hero name is feels like a little put on kind of thing. But in this yeah. case it was nice and organic.
0: Yeah. It doesn't have that like Spider-Man movie thing where like the wrestling announcer gives him his name and he's like, no, I'm supposed to be the human spider. It's like, no, you yeah. naturally come to the point where he's like, okay, daredevils, like the identity I'm going to take on to do this job.
3: Like, yeah. Yeah. And that includes like the the suit at the end, uh, yeah. you know, The name, the suit, all of it kind of came together, and yeah. uh, uh, Still had to suspend a little bit of disbelief for like the whole thing, but like the the show did such a good job of leading us through that that I was I was sold, yeah. Um, yeah, it's but uh, it also unfortunately it also leads me to like the the weakness of the final episodes in these series. Um, like in the first season, I think that the last episode where um, Daredevil has his final showdown as Daredevil with Wilson Fisk, it's like this is how it's ending, really. When I I don't know, it's the same as uh, Luke Cage, where it's like, why is there a big showdown at the end when that's not really what the series is about? I don't know. There's just mm. something
0: about. I things. think it's I think it's more in line with the Daredevil that like like with daredevil to have that big showdown where like he's been kind of beaten down by the kingpin's lackeys all the time but so when he gets to be face to face with fisk it's kind of a one-sided fight as yeah. i think it kind of should be at that point because like, yeah because fisk is a like they show not fisk isn't a fighter like no, fisk isn't a fighter yeah. he's a manipulator right yeah. like he's capable of like rage and brutality but not to the point where he's going to be able to stand toe to toe with somebody who is like yeah. on the streets nightly getting into that kind of and, fight and trained yeah and trained really yeah. well right yeah um yeah that's true uh,
1: we didn't even mention stick like I fucking love stick on the show so much <laughs> you guys are jumping way ahead of where I was but we can yeah. jump to stick yeah no I was just uh, we we're talking about the supporting cast and we, we oh all, yeah everybody else we didn't say no stick I talked about I, stick oh well, okay, I, sure. I mentioned in my name at least Okay. In oh, terms of him. like, yeah, he's a great character. I love that character. Yeah, I'm glad he's he's in Defenders.
0: I'm fucking stoked to see it. Like, yeah, having well, him that's, back will be awesome.
1: Like that was one of the things I liked was that they didn't spoon feed you all of the origin up front. Like yeah. you, you just jump in and and you're jumping right into action. Like the first one of the first scenes is like the him being the shit out of the traffickers on the docks. Yeah. And like you're not you know you're not asked to like you just are seeing him and you're like okay. Clearly, he has skills. At some point, I guess they'll tell me how he got Ow. those, but I don't really need to know that. You don't need to point. know, right? Yeah, they, they, they're, I love they're that doing scene. this. Yeah, they're it, exactly. They're, they're doing this just to like hook us in. Yeah. and they do absolutely. Like that first episode, like had everybody hooked.
3: Yeah, yeah. They said,
0: Oh man, I binge the, the shit the, out of that show when it came out. I like, yeah. yeah, I was gone for 12 hours when that first came out.
3: Like, yeah, like, me too. Oh, yeah, I, I, I like was so they, into it. They, they. There, this show is so good about setting tone and mood. Mm-hmm. Um, like it knows the 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 lighting, the the way that the show is shot is so well done um, that like from that first episode, we we know what kind of show that we're into, and it's not yeah. uh, like a uh, hokey origin story. It's something like much, it's more about the the genre, like the crime genre than it is about Daredevil himself. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, as we go along, it really is, becomes more about Daredevil and how he grows and really like that. So. Yeah. that and that opening scene on the
0: docks, like it sets a lot of the tone for the show. Because
3: oh, yeah. all of a sudden, like you're going to see,
0: you're seeing the level of violence that's going to be on the show, mm-hmm. which is like not the kind of like uh, sanitized violence, yeah, the, you get on, like, the CW version.
1: shows. Kind of. or even
0: like the movies, because at this point yeah. it's connected to the Marvel movies, right? Like you know, yeah. like those are all very antiseptic, right? Like the, nobody bleeds, nothing, nobody ever gets tired after a fight. They might pant and then they're good to go, but he's, yeah. he's gonna slog through it, and like yeah. he's gonna get hit, and he's gonna fall, he's gonna bleed. Everybody around, he's gonna brutalize people to put them down. Like it's not, just Yo, like, yeah. He's punches. not. A, he's not
1: afraid to cripple a motherfucker.
0: No, he, like it's not. But it's also not like a TV fight where it's like two punches and the guy goes down. He has to beat the guy until he's yeah. unconscious. And like, they are tra- like, it's human trafficking. It's not something you're gonna see on like like one of the CW shows. I'm not gonna touch like smuggling Chinese prostitutes into the country and shit mm-hmm. like that or whatever they were doing, like kidnapping women
1: and sending them to like an Eastern well,
0: Maybe on Arrow. Maybe, but they wouldn't treat it anywhere nearly yeah. as
1: well. You know what yeah. I mean? yeah. Yeah, it wouldn't it would definitely wouldn't be that same level of violence and stuff like that, no. but yeah, I agree entirely. And and I mean also they they set the tone in terms of a lot of stuff really well just in that first episode. Like the humor gets set really well in that mm-hmm. first episode as well. Like you get like uh Foggy's like dark like sarcastic sense of humor uh, and stuff like mm-hmm. that as well. Um and you get him establishing himself as like uh, you know, playing up that he's the underdog, and and both both Matt and Foggy do that, right? Like yeah. they both, you know, play up that they're like these, you know, sort of plucky little underdog whereas Really, they know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah,
3: yeah. Um, it was the the I think the trope is the bunny ears lawyer or something yeah. like that. Where, yeah, where, mm. where, yeah, and uh, they're yeah, I. That's one of the things that um always worries me about crime. TV drama shows that it gets too serious and there's no levity to it, mm-hmm. and I think that the Foggy and Matt dynamic work really well, and Claire Temple does a really good job of like, uh, yeah, piss out of Matt every once yeah. in a while because I love she's Rosario good at that Post. on
0: all the shows. So like, yes. she has that like that moment where she's so like to the point by it,
1: but to the point where it starts getting sticky by like the third or Iron fourth season that she's in.
0: My Iron Fist, it was I, it was a little forced in Iron Fist. Yeah. I felt, but. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah. but 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 here it's pretty good. That's part of that show.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, true. But like she she damning by fame praise once again. Dance robot dance. Yeah, trademark (laughs) dance robot dance. Two (laughs) thousand
0: seventeen. But she fits in. She doesn't fit in organically to the Iron Fist story the way she did in the other ones as much. Mm -hmm. I mean they 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 use her very minimally in Jessica Jones, so Mm -hmm. that they don't. Like she's not doesn't oversteer or welcome you're just like oh shit there she is and then she's kind of gone again really quick yeah yeah uh, but like so there's
1: at least a relationship established yeah there's a relationship, later relationship she can established. clearly she can clearly be the Phil Coulson of this uh, yeah well, of this I, of we've this all part, seen, corner
0: of the MCU we've all seen the Defenders teaser at this point like you know yeah. like she's the one who probably called Matt to go help Jessica out right like yeah. that's what's going
1: on so yeah that's yeah yeah um yeah. Yeah. let's see say. Oh, yeah. We already talked about how it sets the tone really well for the rest of the season, but it also sets up the major players really well Mm -hmm. um, and motivations and stuff like that. Uh, It really it just does everything a good pilot should. And it really gets you hooked for the rest of the season. But it didn't even have a fucking opening credit sequence. Did you notice that when you rewatched it today, Mark? I
0: watched it this week.
1: Uh, oh yeah, you're right. The first episode, first episode, first episode doesn't in. have a credit sequence. It just drops no. in. You get the Marvel title, and then it flashes in. Res,
0: it blows yeah. in. Yeah, and That's then right.
1: and then the second episode is where we actually get the credit sequence for That's the first right. time.
0: Yeah, I didn't even like. I whenever I rewatch this, I end up just binging the shit out of it. Like it's never
1: something I'm <laughs> like I'm gonna watch it together. An
0: episode. It just turns into like a long movie, right? Like yeah. and that's why I love these shows because they just turn into this like this is a weekend long movie for me. Like I'm just gonna sit yeah. here and just like live in this world for the twelve or thirteen hours that
1: this happens. Well, that's how they're written, right? Like yeah. for the most part, um, they're the good ones, anyways, are written like thirteen hour movies. Yeah, you know they're written like uh, you know you could just sit down. Like there are clear like sort of cut points or cliffhangers and that sort of thing just to break it up but really they're they're yeah. written as just one long serialized story and, and it's just, become
0: such an event now too like I'm just I, I get so and like I that's why I was so disappointed with Iron Fist is because like I've enjoyed sitting through them that first time so much that like mm-hmm. by the time I got to the fifth or sixth episode of Iron Fist I was like this is turning into a slog like I don't want to sit here anymore you know what I mean like I just yeah. I wasn't feeling it anymore Yeah, and I was like huh interesting whereas like Daredevil, like the first season of Daredevil, like I watched it twice in the weekend, the first weekend it came out. Like I was like, as soon as I finished the first, like that last episode, an hour later, I'm like, I'm fucking, I'm watching it again. I'm just going to put it on again. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. like I loved I, the shit out of it so much. So I found
3: it strange. Like maybe it's because they were trying to fit in the. Like keep the Daredevil season one structure for all of the uh, the Defenders origin stories, Um, but with Daredevil season two, we have that more episodic, broken up season. Like there is like one larger arc, but it's pretty much like a trilogy. Like it's it's three movies in a season because it's got like the the particular character arcs. So like I'm I this is to season Daredevil season one's credit that they could make that. 13 episode season so appealing and watchable that even I didn't get crime TV drama fatigue <laughs> yeah. from it. Because yeah. like, normally I I would have been like, uh but I I powered through that so fast because I was so invested in the characters. Mm -hmm. Um, like all the key players. I was really worried about like how they were going to handle Karen and they did a fucking great job with it. She's a tricky
0: character to get too. like, there's been some writers that have really kind of bungled her. So it was, she was one when they, they were like, Oh, Karen page is going to be in the first season. I was like, "Mm,
3: Mm, "Yeah, Yeah. I had the same feeling and they, but they they, nailed it. So she's one of my favorite characters on the show. Uh, Actually, that's really hard to say because they're all my favorite characters on the show. uh, (laughs) No, she did a great job. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, and the and writing for her was so good. Like she
1: wasn't she wasn't like a stereotypical like female comic book character. Like she wasn't overly sexualized. She was just like a normal kind of woman just trying to figure shit out and trying to like do the right thing and
3: she, she makes me think of like what Lois Lane should be if we had like a Lois Lane on TV. Like she's very um she's very self efficient. Like she's like maybe Lois Lane should be far better at her job and like way more more professional um karen page did start a little bit as a victim but she's like very much her own character who's like doing stuff behind the scenes and and pushing her agenda because she Mm -hmm. has you know she has her own shit that she cares about yeah so like more karen pages on tv like uh, uh, her temples too unpowered women who just you know are shields yeah she felt a lot maybe like
1: uh like fred on angel yeah, actually, very yeah. very similar type of character overall. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, she really comes into her own and, and has that awesome sort of uh, uh, climax where she has that face off between her and Wesley.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's an impressive piece of like, yeah, just the way they handle that whole scene. Yeah, and like, he tries to
1: bluff her and be like, yeah. "No, it's not loaded," and she's like, "No, fuck you," and just <laughs> pumps like eight fucking rounds into his chest. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and
0: I love the uh, the fisk reaction to that whole thing too. like he's so busted up by the fact that like his one confidant has been taken away from him at that point that he's just like, I don't even know what to do anymore and mm-hmm. like calls for blood. yeah, which this is my one I think we were talking about it uh before the before we recorded like um my my one caveat about the ep- like about this season is how long they kind of take to show you the ragey side of Wilson Fisk and I know Tim had something he wanted like he had a counterpoint to it but I just thought it was weird that it's like is it three or four episodes in? I haven't quite gotten to it in my rewatch yet so it's like four episodes in when he has that
1: I think it's the close to the end of the third episode is it okay Uh, but he
0: when he's I thought they would they would have been better served to kind of get like how vicious he is out of the way or into the mix faster and like letting them kind of stew about it so long because, like, if you're a comic book fan, you know what he's capable of, but they just kind of play him off as, like, vaguely affable at first. Like, he's just kind of weird and manipulative, but he doesn't really have that, like, really vicious side until you see that, like, I'm going to cut this guy's fucking head off with a car door shit. Which also yeah. is a really good job of setting tone, because it's just, like, yeah, probably one of the most brutally violent things I've seen on a TV show since, like, The Wire or Oz or something like that. So Yeah.
1: But I mean, okay, well, let's take this time to talk about Fist then. I thought that I, I really liked the slow build that they had and sort of reveal that they had of of Kingpin. Like, I thought it was really good how, like, at the start, basically, I still got a real sense of gravitas from him just from the fear that all the other characters clearly have yeah. of him. Like, they're scared to even mention his name, that, you know, there's there's a clear just terror in the other characters that he's clearly uh, sort of imposed on them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was nice how you sort of just see him starting out as a as a manipulator, ra- uh, trading in like information and leverage, and working through proxies, and not really getting his own hands dirty unless yeah. he like gets really personally involved in it. Yeah. Um. And you don't even yeah, you only like hear his voice in the first like one or two episodes. Yeah,
0: he he doesn't really show up till episode two or three, right? So like, yeah,
1: I don't think he's in the first episode at all. No, I think
3: you only not. hear his voice at the end of the first episode. Yeah, and you hear and his name you start to a see lot. him. Yeah. And I think that your differing opinions on this is like kind of is the show versus tell argument in in TV writing in general or yeah. mm-hmm. writing in general um and it, for some people like you need to see that threat before cuz like all the whispers and stuff like that. Like I I get that because I like my villains to be a little bit more uh, manipulative until like mm-hmm. the the big reveal the like you Tim, but I get that um like sometimes it's like oh he's such he's such a bad guy he's so bad he's yeah. so bad but you don't really see any like tangible evidence of it Sure sure you do you see Healy fucking impale himself on a spike instead of facing him That's
1: true there is that which is Like that. that that is fucking imposing That's yeah, true Yeah and
0: uh, that's what <laughs> also I, I, another uh, awesome fight scene like oh yeah like, like every like uh, that's like and this is totally like the Chopsaki loving like action movie Loving marks, but, like, I love the fights in this fucking show are spectacularly well done. And, like, half the shit Iron Fist got was because of how light-touched they felt compared to the slog that every fight is in this. Like, there's so much weight Mm -hmm. and, like, effort that looks like it's going into every fight that they're in. Like, can we just talk about the hallway scene? Like,
1: Like, we do. I've got another about paragraph to talk about Kingpin, but we can jump. Okay, let no go talk
0: about. Let's talk about <laughs> Kingpin.
1: I, I got to yeah. just jerk off about that fucking hallway scene because
0: I was watching yeah, it last night. And I was just like, oh my god.
1: <laughs> um, but I thought like DiNozzo did amazing job as as in his characterization of Fisk. Like it was subtle. It was kind of understated. There was it was a like the mannerisms, the persona. He speaks eloquently. It wasn't like too over the top. And the fact that and like that counterpoint between him being like generally reserved, but then just how fucking ragey and hardcore and brutal he goes yeah. when he is like truly offended and and loses his sh- loses his composure, yeah. um, he just becomes fucking manic, lets out all that pent up aggression, and yeah, like when he fucking decapitates uh, Anatoly, yeah, like he's you just at that point you get an idea that when he does let go, it's just. It's brute strength. It's his bulk. It's sheer power. Yeah. It's no grace. There's no training behind that whatsoever. Yeah.
3: It's just his rage. Yeah. yeah. yeah, And I like that the, the series, like, clearly, uh, at the beginning, shows that as his actual strength, but it's the thing that, like... Undoes him in the end, like this mm-hmm. this rage that he has, like it's a it's a pretty it's a common uh, Jekyll and Hyde trope that we see a lot, but it was so well executed here because of like ex- uh, just how poised he is, yeah, uh, with uh, uh, especially with his love interest it's Vanessa, and Vanessa the, yeah. and the Beast thing uh, that they had going, um, the the when he exploded, the, it it felt like there were there were stakes. And mm-hmm. it was very well done.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I and, like, and I mean, their relationship is part of my one of my favorite parts of the show too. Like his relationship with Vanessa, like the way she subtly
1: plays him throughout. Yeah, the Yeah, she of the enables the season, him massively. Yeah, it's yeah. so fucking good. Like. And you can tell, like she's getting drunk on his power as yeah, well.
0: Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Beauty and the Beast via Macbeth. <laughs> yeah, it's so much better than like the the I,
0: she's in a coma comic book version of her that's generally like used. It's mm-hmm. like having her kind of be there and like ha- exactly having that like she's she and en- she finds out what he is and starts to enjoy the fact that he owns the city and that she's yeah. his queen kind of thing. Like she enjoys that. Being yeah. part of that power structure
1: and it's yeah
0: awesome to watch and that actress and I, is really good too yeah she also was smoking hot
1: <laughs> and I think and that sets it up even better that when she gets uh, poisoned like that that is really what fucking like sets him off into the deep end like he starts becoming more like sloppy and and brazen and bold and stuff like that and I think that that would not necessarily have and and when Ben and Karen uncover his mother as well yeah. like those two things together just he starts just fucking getting unhinged. And, and I think that the stakes are are uh, sort of built up well enough to that point that you believe that that, motiv- that motivation, you know, that yeah. this guy that's normally so composed and reserved and manipulative can, you know, just be like, fuck it, you know, I'm going for broke at this point.
3: Yeah, yeah absolutely.
0: And I think, like, as you go through, like, and then you get into season two and stuff like that, and you see that he's continued to be able to, like, be that guy even behind bars and stuff like that, I think that's, mm-hmm. like... I'm excited to see where they continue to build the Kingpin character. Like, I know a lot of people are always like, oh, they keep using the same villains over and over again. I'm like, no, no, no. this is like, they've, this is the one Marvel villain they've got right that isn't Loki. Yeah. Do it. Like, just use him to the nth degree. You have a massively talented actor yeah. who has built a character almost flawlessly.
1: Yeah. Let him go. I think. I think Kingpin is the main reason that I've been so disappointed with the other underwhelming marvel movie and t v villains yeah uh like they they have this clear fucking example here on how to build an amazing villain, how to give it proper motivation, how to make him somewhat sympathetic even, and yet they continue to pump out these one d like underwhelming mediocre nemesis yeah. for they killed other it characters. twice and
0: the problem was they killed it twice in a row right like they had. They had Fisk, and then they had Kilgrave. Like having the Purple mm-hmm. Man and Jessica Jones was like, yeah. oh shit, they just know how to do the villains on the TV show, apparently. Yeah. And then when you get to Luke Cage and Iron Fist, it's like, oh wait,
3: well they know the they half, had they had
0: good villains, they did. and then That's they true. killed one. Actually, they, I I didn't mind um, Alfred Woodward's character either, but like oh, she's mean, not necessarily oh, no, she was like good. a good villain as, yeah. as much as. But like, I mean, watching I love watching that first half of Luke Cage. Just I'm not even watching Luke Cage. I'm just like I'm. Transfixed by Cottonmouth. So mm-hmm. Cottonmouth.
3: Yeah. yeah. Cottonmouth yeah, and and his interactions with Black Mariah are like yeah. uh really, really good. Um, because those t- are two like veteran actors who are just killing it. Just destroying um, it. Yeah. 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 And That's then, another
0: thing, like they just kill the casting on these shows. Like 90 percent of the time they just hit every note really well.
2: Right? Did they fuck it up so bad for him? <laughs> I honestly, honestly, I think
0: if they'd gotten anybody except for Finn Jones for Iron Fist, the rest of the show would have pulled together much better. I just he yeah. was not a strong enough actor to hold the center of that show
1: because yeah. even. Um, but I think he could still be good as part of the ensemble.
0: He'll be no, I, and I'm, I'm I'm excited for Defenders. Don't get me wrong, I absolutely yeah. think he's going to be awesome as that like new guy coming into this scene and like just the interactions the the interactions I'm expecting from the other three much more jaded characters dealing with him is yeah kind of exciting kind of thing yeah and i really hope they make him and luke cage like bffs like they do in the comics just to see how they're <laughs> going to play those characters together because they are yeah. pretty different in the netflix shows than they are in print so it's like how that dynamic's going to work if it does is really like a big point of curiosity for me so yeah. i think that
3: they're they're already uh even on twitter they're already playing up uh jessica against danny and it's oh, really absolutely. funny to watch uh, like the the marvel uh i think it's the marvel twitter feed about jessica no they're, and... they're they're they
0: all they all have their own twitter accounts and they do tend to like the jessica jones As, as the characters well it's yeah. not it's not so much but they whoever posts them kind of posts in like kind of in the voice of the show I guess okay yeah so like the the Iron Fist Twitter feed is a little bit more like kind of dotty and idealistic and mm-hmm. the Jessica Jones one will just like quote him and take shots at what he says and stuff like that <laughs> yeah. all the time <laughs> nice and like that kind of stuff it's it's pretty funny like the Jessica Jones Twitter's been pretty amusing since it's been live but um um
1: yeah But the only thing I uh, other thing I had to say directly about uh, Kingpin was that um, and this is one of my minor gripes is his backstory is a little bit tropey, like, you know, it is and I understand that. But it's also like, you know, broken home. It's almost identical to the uh, burn era Lex Luthor origin as well. Um, And I'm not sure which one of those would have come first because that would have been like mid 80s. Uh, oh,
0: no, the Daredevil so, ones, the Daredevil ones older than because they yeah. probably been in the 70s when they did the Kingpins like full on like, okay, blow out the story kind of thing. Although it's hard to say if they really went with that, uh, that origin story early
1: on. I'm not huge on Daredevil pre Frank Miller. So yeah. Yeah, but, um, but yeah, I mean, like, right down to him, like, killing his father to stop the abuse of his mother, like, I'm pretty sure that's straight out of the, like, yeah, the John that Byrne era, like that, Yeah. Uh, Lex Luthor origin as well. Um, he's, but there is a little bit of a difference. Like, he's trying to convince himself he's not a monster and he's doing things like, you know, there's clearly that dichotomy in his head, whereas I think Luther, uh, is more just straight up, you know, manipulative like supervillain uh kind of kind of thing. He's a little bit more arch about it usually. Yeah, so. a little more yeah, a little more maniacal kind of thing.
2: Yeah.
1: Um yeah. but yeah, I mean that that was a little bit I mean I understand that that is the comic origin and and it works for the character. Like it does help uh to build up that character's motivations, but it's just and that's not only, you know, Lex Luthor. That is definitely a story that we've seen multiple times before. In terms of like, this is why this guy's fucked up, kind of thing.
3: Yeah, I. It was fine. It served its purpose, <laughs> yeah. and and you know, like on um, the strength of everything else that Vincent D'Onofrio did in that season, like yeah, I, 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 I bought in for sure. So like, yeah. it's. It, but I do think that you know we do have this. Um, We have these like origin stories that repeat themselves a lot, and the villain origin stories tend to be, you know, know, Mm -hmm. uh, victims of abuse. Um, Yeah, it's better than you know the rapist backstory thing.
2: Um, (laughs) Yeah, but
3: like they still like they use that in Jessica Jones, and it to great effect. They do it really well, like yeah, because they gave her an actual character, not like writing in the rape like the Kevin Smith did with Black Cat. Yeah, yeah, that was that. I think those are the situations where people start to get pretty uh, burnt out on it. Burnt yeah. out on it, and, yeah. like saying like this is this is not like shorthand for making a badass woman kind of thing. Yeah, just yeah. like killing your father doesn't necessarily make you like a shorthand for a badass. But the way that they built it up with Daredevils, good writing can make these tropes work really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, but, well, let's talk about some of the other villains because, I mean, Kingpin is clearly the main villain for the season, but it did have a pretty good host of villains overall. Like, oh, um, Gow. Madam Gao, oh, Madam Gao, Madam Gao, and Nobu, and
3: Allesley, and Wesley are all pretty good supporting villains as well. I agree. In their own I- right. Um, I want to touch on Madame Gao a little more because, um, first of all, you know minority representation—like an old Asian woman—she's um, mm-hmm. probably one of the most sinister characters that we've seen. She uh, is by far <laughs> in that universe
0: the most sinister character they have. Yeah, I love
3: her. I love every minute she's on screen. I'm always like, that's one of the, one of the things that got me through Iron Fist was more Madame Gao. So, yeah. like, give me more of that. Let like just, I, she's fantastic. Yeah. She definitely so, like pulls you in, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. she yeah. has mystery. She has gravitas, mm-hmm. uh, and like the the she steals <laughs> scenes like crazy without oh, like absolutely. overacting anything. Yeah, and the the expectations that we have of the of the little old Asian lady are completely turned on their head every single time she's on screen. So you're mm-hmm. you're always slightly disarmed by her because of her, her the way she holds herself. She's and, so affable <laughs> too, right? <Her laughs> like, stare. Yeah. Mystique. Like, you know, But that's... You know what? Honestly, living in Korea, this is true. That, like, these little um, Asian women, like, they have a lot of, like, gravitas to them. They... Uh, we call them ajuma here in... Or uh, halmoni, which is the uh, Korean word for grandma. And they rule the roost in a lot of, like, social settings. <laughs> um, yes. you, you get out of their way on the subway. You just, like, yeah, back off. They will elbow you out <laughs> of the way to get a seat. Like, you just... So when I see Madame Gao on screen, I'm like, this is still it's super believable <laughs> to me. So, nice. yeah, um, yeah. And, but I, I like. I sorry, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, like on top of her though, like I really like the the interactions between Wesley and uh, Wilson Fisk. Yeah, I really like their dynamic a lot. I
0: like I like Gao's interactions with Fisk. Like knowing, yeah. like just totally undercutting him at every turn. The way she does is just like. I love I love that like that scene where they realize that they speak each other's languages or like he yeah it's more so that she fucking shows him her hand and yeah. like just is like I know what you're saying so mm-hmm. stop trying yeah. to play me like I'm an idiot you know what I mean like yeah. I know and
1: you, I know that you speak Cantonese as yeah well. and I know you <laughs> know Mandarin what I'm saying whatever it is yeah
0: exactly and like she like she just every time just owns everybody around her and it's like it's awesome yeah. to watch like it's so much fun to watch yeah
1: Absolutely. To the point where I'm like, um,
0: almost disappointed that they brought Sigourney Weaver in to be the, the villain in Defenders, as opposed to just letting
1: Gao just yeah. own everything at that point. Just run the table. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, it, and it was nice to see these sort of like corporate level like manipulative villains, like especially around the time that uh, like in, you know, a couple of years ago, that was definitely pretty resonant in the culture at the time oh, as absolutely. well. Yeah. Um, mean And definitely now too. Uh, yeah. And you have like those uh themes of like gentrification and trying to like push out all the residents and stuff like that mm-hmm. um oh but fuck like Gao's use of blind people in her drug operation like that in yeah. particular like that adds so much menace to that character and then you find out that they do it voluntarily yeah and honestly
0: the the shout out to the iron serpent in that is like better than anything they did in iron fist with any of the mythology like just having the little the little icon on the oh, yeah. packets i was like yeah that does more for my nerd boner than anything they did in the entire season of iron fist just hinting <laughs> at the like the other kingdoms and stuff like that that way i was like that's fucking badass and yeah. they blew it on the fucking show so <laughs> <laughs>
1: um my only grace with the the other villains is that the the russians were a little bit fucking on the nose they were a little stereotypical <laughs> they kind of needed to fill that like you're gonna have if you're gonna have a
0: power struggle kind of thing they become the fodder for everybody to kind of like it's yeah. like the wharf effect, right? Like, they, they show how badass everybody else is. Because every mm. like your, your automatic trope of reaction to, like, Russian mobsters, like, they're hard as fuck. Like, they're crazy assholes and all that kind yeah. of stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. Is and they're have, the ones that get their asses handed to yeah, them. Yeah, and so
0: you have them be the ones that, like, just get their teeth kicked in repeatedly just to show right. that everybody else is badass. Because everybody takes a shot at them. Like, the Chinese take them apart. Fist takes shots at them and kills a bunch of their guys. Even yeah. Daredevil takes some of their guys apart, right, over the course yeah. of the season. So they're just there to kind of
3: be cannon fodder to show us how awesome everybody else is. And in today's political climate, I'm kind of okay with the Russians being acceptable targets. Just like, <laughs> yeah. and go for it, Marvel TV shows. Like, um, true. yeah, because because a lot of the times, like, um, they're the Russians uh, in action movies and action tv have always been kind of like the main villains unless you're talking about nazis or the middle east um like pretty much russia is your main bad guy like james bond Yeah. Like, yeah. come but uh, and so i was kind of glad that they they did Quit that with the russian cable oh sorry yeah. <laughs> cuz i can not i can't uh sit still I have, like Christy. Yeah. <laughs> going to get you a fidget cube too <laughs>
1: <laughs> or a fidget spinner or whatever
3: those yeah are. yeah let me
1: play with my uh <laughs> My Rowlet toy.
2: Yeah, like the, yeah. Okay. Do that. Do that instead of playing with the
1: cable
0: that's rubbing against your microphone.
3: Um, so I would. I'm glad that they had the Russians as the cannon fodder because they. I don't think like any Russian mafia in any. No. Uh, in Marvel was ever particularly. Well,
0: no, they don't. They don't. They don't mean anything, right? Because like the the Chinese mafia at that point is all indi- indicative of, of like the building of the hand or like the hand mm-hmm. coming over, and you can't feed Wilson Fisk's guys, because Wilson Fisk is going to be the villain in Daredevil as long as they do Daredevil. Like, he's going to be part of the show as long as that show is going on. Yeah. So you can't, like, take his guys apart early. So you add that third guy, like, group to be the dumb muscle that gets the shit kicked out of them all the time. Yeah. Or wiped out at the beginning of season two
3: by the Punisher or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I would argue that they didn't do, like, if all the characterizations in the show... Like I know they weren't that important, but I really didn't care when they were on screen. Yeah, so yeah, but they're, they're never, never on
0: for me. But they're never on screen like alone that much. You know what I mean? Like they're usually in service of another part of the plot. Yeah, like, they're never like you not There's no subplot that involves the Russians. You're just following the Russians around for the most yeah. part. Like there may be a couple scenes where they're talking about something that they're about to do, but it's usually in direct service of one of the main plot points. Like it's not yeah. like. Or we they a like, weird side story where Anatoly has his wife and kids. Like they don't have any of yeah. that kind of stuff. It's just like these these characters are there to serve the rest of the show. So they had
1: that one scene where they were like in the prison together, and one dude like pulled the rib out of the dead guy's chest or whatever, and they were gonna kill each other. But that that was just that was one of the scenes I could have done without. That's with, true. That was a little in weird. The I was like, yeah, that doesn't really do much for me for these characters. I've so. completely forgotten about
0: that scene. So. Yeah.
1: It's pretty forgettable. I I like I sat down and rewatched these whole this whole series over the last few days in preparation for this. So yeah, I wish I had j- had time also to, just so. as was, an excuse. So <laughs> I was reading the Wikipedia page today, just trying to like jog my memory because I'm like
0: I didn't yeah. have time to read watch everything, and I would love to be <laughs> able to do that. But yeah. when we when we got around to doing like Jessica Jones or, or season two of Daredevil, I'll definitely have just sat down and like we'll have to nice. talk about it a couple weeks ahead of time so that I can like yeah. I can take the time and watch it all again because yeah. I think we'll have more to talk about. Like, I think there'll be more gripey shit to say when it comes to Daredevil season two. Maybe yeah. not from me because mm-hmm. I fucking love that season. But like, I know it was a little bit more contentious in this
3: one. I it, it was a little less season. even. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think like some arcs were better than others. But we can talk mm. about that in the Punisher. yeah when we get to it. Um, well, let's let's talk about the
1: fight choreography then, since that's oh. uh, definitely another one of the high points here. Oh. Uh, it was so well done. It was really consistent, both in style and in tone. Um, it I would say it raised the bar for maybe not just comic TV shows but TV shows in general. Oh, well, there was uh, definitely some reaction to
0: it. Like even on the DC TV shows, you can yeah. see like Arrow try and step up its game post Daredevil. Like, yeah, there was a lot of like there was a bit there where they were like it, it's gone away because the fight choreography is pretty garbage for the past couple <laughs> years. But at first, when Daredevil first came out, you could see them being like, oh shit, like that's the level we need to start hitting. Yeah, with a, mm. a street level superhero like it can't just be like oh, we punched the guy once and he fell down. It's like we have to turn this into a little bit more of like a back and forth kind of like yeah. slog, which like and that's it, what I love about yeah. those fights is that they just turn like it becomes a more realistic scenario where like he's oh, yeah. having to work way harder to put somebody down than you would usually see yeah. in a superhero show. It's not just that like I have I'm 10 times stronger than you, so I punch you once and you go down. It's like I am maybe I'm just better trained than you. And I'm mm-hmm. trained to take the hits. Yeah. But I'm still gonna have to put in a shit ton of effort to put guys down. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: And that's why I'm glad that um with uh Jessica Jones, they focus more on the psychological uh tension. Yeah. Whereas in Daredevil, like those fight scenes have so much impact, like from uh the the fight choreography itself to the Uh, the camera work to the set design to the sound design, which is so important. Uh, Like every hit, hit, you feel it. And that's a combination of a lot of factors working together in like perfect uh, choreography. Like the Mm -hmm. the harmony of those scenes is so amazing to watch. That hallway scene, I could just have that on a loop (laughs) on my monitor and just like be enraptured by it it's,
0: and i know i know better. there's a, i know people are like it's not it's not just one cut i'm like it doesn't matter it's like three cuts like it's still yeah like it's a still impressive long, like fight scene and, where, like, and they cut it together pretty seamlessly it is like I, I i didn't think there was any cuts the first time i watched it i had to watch yeah. it again to be like oh okay i know i saw where the cuts are now because like the yeah. first time you're watching you're like this is ridiculous what is going on like yeah, yeah. like oh there's the a pan
3: I'm... that's where they digitally put that yeah, cut in that's where anything, that swipe happens yeah, yeah. absolutely and I, yeah, I like uh, it, it in the if for the backstory thing, like it would have been impressive if it was all one cut, one take, but I, I, it don't care. No. it's, so it's good.
0: still it's, it's still a TV show. like they still have to make certain concessions like yeah. to certain things, you know what I mean? Like
2: yeah, I can see so you well. can
0: do you can do a wonder a of like whoever walking through their office set or whatever, you know what I mean? And it's easy because it's just like these guys have to snap off dialogue at a particular time but like yeah, to be not one detailed a wonder, choreography and- yeah of like what is looks like an exhausting like 10 minutes where he's yeah. like just jumping all over stuff and like i don't know if they're, they're not hitting each other for real but like just acting that out is still going to take a toll on you physically right so like yeah. it, imagine doing that for a couple days like because i'm sure that fight scene probably took a day or two
3: to shoot through so
2: yeah. mm-hmm.
3: with my personal trainer like um Previously, we did boxing training because like when and I didn't know how heavy bags, hard the hardest to thing to punch. do. It
0: is implied the, the best workout you can do. It's crazy. It is
3: so. So having to do that, like take after take, scene after scene. Yeah, I can't imagine like the physical toll that took on those actors. But like it, it paid off so well. Yeah, yeah
0: I, I guess while we're talking about physical conditioning, it, it like this is the one thing we're lacking with Christy here is that like Paul won't immediately start gushing about how hot Charlie Cox is.
3: Oh my God, he's so fucking hot! <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, like like there, I I remember like people like. Rushing to screen capture him in his underwear in this show yeah. because it was just like, make the make the gifts, make the gifts, like yeah. and, and put those <laughs> on remember, Tumblr right away. I remember the sub.
0: I remember the sub Reddit being uh, lousy with uh, women and gay men just like
3: going uh, crazy for how good this guy <laughs> like, is. it was. Like he was, uh, he was a cutie in Stardust, but like we knew like, that uh, he was going to be in getting show. ripped. Yeah. So oh, yeah, he's. Like, the, the, the <laughs> fact that everyone falls in love with Matt Murdock, like, if it was, you know, it's bo- super believable because he's so charming on top of being just smoking. So, like, <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah, you guys get to objectify, ladies. I'm going to objectify Charlie Cox all I want. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I Damn. said it, because I totally
0: wanted you to. I saw you roll your eyes when I said uh, Vanessa was hot. So I wanted to let you have your
3: little <laughs> moment of exactly the same thing. Yeah, it's more okay when I do it yeah, because apparently. I'm objectifying a straight white man. Yeah, I, I guess uh, standards are good, exist for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> but no, honestly, like, yeah, he's... Uh, the The physical conditioning that he went through to be able to pull off this stuff... Like, I know that a lot of actors... Like, this is a very common story for a lot of the... Especially Marvel superhero actors. Like, look how ripped he got to do this role ah. kind of thing. But, like, Charlie Cox was, like... Um, well, he's like much slighter than the
0: average like, superhero, like, Marvel like, superhero yeah. guy. I mean, like what would be the closest comparison? I mean, it's like Chris Pratt, like, who wasn't like I mean, Chris was Pratt's he... a bigger guy but like, he was always well, kinda...
1: Tony, Tony's not like, ripped. No, like, but... Like, he mostly relying on the suit,
0: right? Robbie Diary yeah. Jr.'s fucking cut is all hell, right? Or at least he was in like, Iron Man 1 and 2, like That's true, yeah. Like, he was yeah. super ripped in those movies. But so... I mean, like, it's like, Chris Pratt, who was like, kind of like, before he became... Star Lord was kind of like pudgy Andy or whatever from Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then it's like he shows up in that movie, and everybody was just like, you could Uh-oh. hear, you could literally hear. Just wetness. He's getting moist. Just wetness. Just wetness happening. <laughs> in,
2: in, in, in what's what's the, the, the thing from
0: Archer like sploosh like sploosh? No, yeah. sorry, like, yeah, frothing cold. loins frothing. That's what I was. <laughs> That's what I was trying to think of. Yeah,
3: the, yeah. <laughs> oh, and, and yeah, it's Charlie. Like, I think that it's cool that they have these. Like, you could you can buy him as like a boxer. Mm-hmm. Um, like the the for, the body types in. The Marvel Cinematic Universe, like the movies, tend to be, like, bodybuilder. Like, same with Luke Cage, but, like, when you have street-level guys who are, like, doing a lot of aerobic exercise, running around from rooftop to rooftop, like Spider-Man, like uh, like Daredevil, it makes sense that they would be leaner and... Mm. uh cut in a different way so i'm glad that more, uh, uh, Charlie more Cox is... uh, acrobatic and yeah yeah that's yeah.
0: always my, my my argument like as an artist too for like a lot of these characters like i will draw my batman or my spider-man or my daredevil a little bit lighter than i would like superman i'll draw big and bulky because people yeah. like to see him big and bulky even though it doesn't actually make sense that he's big and bulky mm-hmm. like the chris reeve model of superman to me is kind of the ideal where he's a big guy but he's not like fucking Built. super ripped yeah. like he's just he'd a, need like, yeah he wouldn't need to be right like he's super yeah. strong but like the daredevil character should be not necessarily like he's not a huge six foot five jacked like mm-hmm. monstrosity he should be like fast and silent and like yeah you know ninja kind of ninja, kinda, yeah. ninja yeah. exactly right like yeah. the same the same idea as batman or the same idea as spider-man like they would be yeah. like yeah wi- maybe not wiry but more like yeah, a, gym, a gymnast body or a runner's body or like something like that, not somebody who's just mm-hmm. like bulking up kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Somebody whose training is more
3: about movement
0: than it is about like strength. Yeah, right?
3: and yeah. like that's why also why I think like Finn Jones in terms of body type was right for Iron Fist because I don't think Iron Fist like if I think of Iron Fist I think of Bruce Lee and Bruce Lee is just like pure lean muscle. Yeah, or was and uh-huh. like.
2: Uh, <laughs> Not anymore <laughs> yeah.
3: It's probably even more lean now
1: It's just oh. sinew and bones
3: yeah. uh, I don't think there's much sinew left man That was the 70s I think when he died So, yeah. so Well that got um, dark yeah. it, it makes sense that Iron Fist is more of a Like you know com- More compact Yeah. Um, yeah. So
0: uh, yeah. And it's gonna be nice. it'll be a good contrast when they get the, like the four of them together too, right? Like you have like because yeah. you're gonna have like the smaller stealthy daredevil, and you're gonna have the the lean kung fu fighter, Iron Fist, and you're gonna have this massive tank, Luke Cage, like yeah. Mm-hmm. And then,
3: but the actual muscle of the team is the girl. Yeah, uh, which is pretty cool. Glass yeah, Cannon, like, though, she's not super durable comp- like compared to Luke Cage, right? Like, yeah, that's right. But she's gonna be busting down the doors for them. Yep. So, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah.
0: I fucking I can't. We we're gonna have to do a Jessica Jones episode because I, I want to gush about Kristen Ritter. Like, I fucking yeah. love Kristen Ritter so much.
3: Yeah. She's so yeah. good.
2: Yeah. She, yeah.
3: Um. But yeah, I the the hallway scene uh, in terms of fight choreography is the one that is the standout. Um. I think there are others, Yeah. There are no. The Nobu fight. Like, oh, yeah. With the shoji oh, hook. That yeah, was
1: fucking brutal. brutal. Yeah. So good. And, and then Nobu continues to fight him for a few seconds while he's, he's on, on fire. Like, <laughs> oh, I love that shit. Like, yeah. the show was like, the fight scenes in the show, like, I have
0: not, everything else pales in comparison now when you see a fight scene in another show. Like, everything yeah. else just,
1: was, everything's so wiry or like, yeah, you yeah. can tell they're not connecting. Whereas, like, this is just so you don't bother Mass- like yeah you don't bother paying attention i don't bother paying attention during fight scenes on most of these comic book shows yeah. now but like this yeah. really fucking like this yeah. i want to actually pay attention yeah. to and watch yeah. yeah um like he takes it's- out fucking three cops while he's handcuffed yeah oh, uh yeah. even even that uh scene where he um uh drops the fire extinguisher down the stairwell and that fucking is so clocks cool the cool shit I yeah, yeah. stuff
0: and it's like nice the nice little shout out to american psycho too right like <laughs>
1: Yeah, or even the fight scenes that don't even involve uh, Matt, like the the one in the bowling alley where the dude just gets his oh, arm fucking shattered. Yeah, by Healy, that one is really
3: nasty too. Yeah, I think the Marvel uh, uh, Netflix shows are really good about like matching the fight scenes to the type of character and power set that they have. Mm-hmm. Uh, except for Iron uh, Fist. Except for Iron Fist. <sighs> well, Iron Fist had except... good good fight scenes, but it also the problem is
1: they were uneven.
0: Yeah,
1: and and they never really decided on a tone on them. They should yeah, have just been like to
0: me. They should have just been straight up kung fu fights, and they were yeah. Shot. There
1: were there were straight up kung fu there fights, were, but there were kung other fu. ones that but were, there were others or, that weren't, yeah, which was dumb. It didn't yeah. really fit. Like when they They're, starts
0: doing the 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 Jason Bourne style stuff, I'm like, no, mm-hmm. that's not Iron Fist, man. Iron Fist is like Chopsaki, like it's flips and kicks and stuff. Like that's that character. Yeah, yeah. Like the Jason yeah. Bourne style stuff, I want to see Daredevil do because that's more that like Krav Maga, get in there, beat the guy
3: down, just keep
2: yeah. hitting
0: him, keep hitting him, that kind of style, right? Like yeah.
2: yeah.
3: Um, I think to the credit of Luke Cage's fight scenes, um, like, they he's a shield, and, like, the the tension comes from who he can protect, generally, until they get the bullet things. They also
0: use him as, like, a fucking, like, they just use him as a tank. Like, he just, he plows yeah. through everything. Like, he yeah. hits a guy, the guy goes just down, because he's getting hit by a six-foot-five guy. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, that's the thing, like, it's like what Dad always says, like, if you're gonna, like, a good, a good big guy and a, a good small guy, the good big guy's gonna win, because he's just that much stronger, right? Yeah. So having Luke Cage punch you in the side of the fucking head is gonna put you <laughs> down faster than Charlie yeah. Cox hitting you in the side of the fucking head. Yeah. But, and I mean, um, Luke Cage might just hit you once and walk away like Daredevil's gonna make sure you fucking stay down after that when you go down though so yeah. yeah,
3: and that's why I think Daredevil's fight scenes just have so much stakes because those fight scenes really are they demonstrate more character than the other fight scenes than yeah. the other characters because like with Jessica Jones the fight scenes don't matter that much yeah. because like it's really about her sh- her struggle with Kilgrave. but with Daredevil the, the fact that he never gives up that he will put himself through these like grotesque uh, scenes of violence is part of who he is. And on will of and the it's...
0: fact that he suffers for it too. It's not like he just yeah. walks yeah. away unscathed from them. Like the typical oh, no. You see horse, the toll. Like, like even he wins a fight and he's still like caved in against the wall for a second, just being like, "Fuck, yeah. I got to get up again. Like oh, yeah. I need a minute. You know what I mean? Cause he's just even beating yeah. somebody up takes a ton of energy. And yeah. like, once you beat six guys up in a row like that, you're going to just be like, you're done. Like, yeah. yeah, are you gonna? Need I mean, after second,
1: yeah, after like thirty seconds in or a minute in, like he's already fighting like he's exhausted, like yeah. like he's hurt, like he's taken a beating, yeah. and like he's not, you know, not yeah. like he's some unstoppable like Batman machine kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, you know, bat Batman will beat guys up for like fucking like seven minutes straight and then just walk away. You know, fucking standing tall, not even breathing heavy.
3: Yeah, yeah, kind of thing. Perfect stamina. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah the cheat codes are on for Batman. (laughs) Yeah. The God, uh, God mode. God mode.
1: Uh, (laughs) Um, let's see. All right. Uh, let's go back and talk about, uh, Matt a little bit more. We talked about him a little bit, but let's, uh, or, or I should say that, Paul gushed over him a little bit, uh, but I, I really I I enjoyed, and I'm guessing this is from the comics, but I'm not as familiar. So, Mark, you can fill me in. Like, I like that they characterize Matt as a bit of a womanizer, and that that was kind of one of his weaknesses. They nail the shit out of his character
0: from the comics. A lot of the, like yeah. for the most part, like he's very much the Frank Miller, Brian Michael Bendis version of like Daredevil. Like mm. he's he's a womanizer. He's guilty lapsed Catholic. Um, yeah. He's a really brilliant but somewhat uneven lawyer, like, you know what I mean? Like, inconsistent lawyer. Like, they just yeah. they did everything that makes the Daredevil character um, compelling in the comics. They translate over to the TV show almost flawlessly. Like, there's very little that I would be like, oh, wait, they fucked that up in terms of his character. Like, they just nail it. And the way Charlie Cox plays it, mm-hmm. I, like i understand
1: why everybody's got a crush on him like (laughs) i totally get it
2: so
1: (laughs) yeah um and i thought it was really like a great and probably one of the best portrayals that i've seen on tv at least of life as a blind person yeah uh like the the nice the touches in terms of like him having that huge like lit billboard outside his uh window the fact that he never really bothers to turn on his lights they get to show they show you like uh, his like braille reading devices and stuff like that. Like they don't ha- hammer you over the head with it, yeah. but they're they're nice little like you know sort of lifestyle touches. Yeah.
0: even like the open the open face watch, the yeah. the the very unadorned uh, living space that he yeah. has. Like like you wouldn't need paintings and shit. That like not that I have them up, but like most <laughs> people would have up yeah. stuff up on the walls. He doesn't have any of that kind of stuff up because he'd have yeah. no use for it. They even use it for humor. Like he walks into Vanessa's yeah um, art gallery and <laughs> art
1: gallery and it's like you're going to have to walk me through this because. And, but I like that too. Like those sorts of little like microaggressions and stuff like that, the little like insensitivities and lack of consideration that he gets. Mm -hmm. And he's clearly like so used to it kind of thing. Yeah. Um, And uh, like people nodding instead of answering out loud, like, you know, rude questions that he might get and stuff like that. And obviously it makes for a good cover uh, for a while, at least for his constant injuries is like walking into shit and that kind of thing. I hit by a car,
3: blah, blah, blah. That's why I have, you know, six
1: broken ribs.
3: Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um. uh, yeah and that I think that's a good segue into his uh, interactions with Foggy in particular. Like, um, th- the reason that Matt is, like, such a well-fleshed out character is the way that he interacts with Foggy. And mm-hmm. um, the way that he's covered, the, the cover-up and the reveal of Matt's daredevilness to Foggy is, like, a great character moment for both of them absolutely Um, uh, because like the the you can feel the guilt um matt's guilt and foggy's
1: betrayal and
3: yeah
2: yeah. all that stuff
1: and it's it's not overplayed for drama or anything like that like it feels like you know two just like friends like guys that have hit a hit an you know hit an issue kind of thing yeah. yeah And
0: uh, well, I, I wish I, I should have looked up what the actor's name is, but, like, the guy who plays Foggy, like...
1: It is... I had it up.
0: Eldon Henson. Eldon Henson. Like, he's really good as Foggy. Like, I really... Yeah. Like, I like I know we talked... To, we said, like, the casting's really fucking spectacular on this yeah. show, but, like, he's so good at, like, he's such a good Foggy. Like, he hits that character just, like, exactly the way I would want Foggy characterized. Like, mm-hmm. they just got him right. They got everybody right, but, like, I find... That's a hard, That's a, that would have been an easy character for them not to get right. Yeah, exactly. And it's also, like, it would be really easy for them to, like, just play him as, like, Matt's buddy, as opposed to having any conflict with Matt. But you can see that even early on, like, yeah, they're friends, but sometimes he's fucking flabbergasted by how, like, absent-minded or whatever he thinks Matt is because of the, the secret, like, because of Daredevil or yeah. whatever, like, being the man in the hood kind of thing
3: early on. Uh, because, yeah. like, um, Matt has this kind of, he's super flaky as a result of his double life, but he also has this altruistic streak about, like, not wanting to make a lot of money because he wants to help people yeah. all the time, yeah. and, it, and it justifiably pisses Foggy off that, like, uh, he... Because he wants to make a living, he wants to, you know, put food on the table and make a name for himself in his own way, while Matt's leading this double life where he gets to make a name for himself just, you know, in the shadows. And I thought that that was a pretty cool, uh, like, dueling between the two of them. Yeah. Yeah. And well, I think that their interactions
1: and their dynamic works really well just overall for exposition sort of thing too. Like you get a lot of exposition just from hearing them talk to each other and that sort of thing and, Mm -hmm. and reminisce and that sort of stuff that doesn't feel forced, like feels like it's coming out kind of naturally
3: because Mm -hmm. they talk back and forth, like really sarcastically and that sort of thing a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah. And they actually hang out with each other. They don't have um CW smallville syndrome where like they go like they travel many miles to have a single conversation with each other and then just go away and just don't yeah, hang out. You with can friends. see them spending like they you yeah. like they don't Yeah, they do that.
0: Yeah, that's a CW or an early CW thing. They're a little bit better about it now, whereas like th- these shows are really good about like they're together when the scene starts and they're together when the scene ends, or they the scene ending is them splitting oh, up yeah. and that's why the scene ends. Like yeah. it's not like whatever it's, it, a, but, like, it's not that yeah yeah, yeah. It's superhero just, shows in general are pretty bad for that like i just fucking flew in from smallville and i'm gonna talk to you <laughs> for three minutes now i'm going back to
1: smallville shit which but that's is like that's also like that's superhero a different t- breed of superhero show too right like that's one that's leaning more into that like more comic booky feel yeah and and sort of more all ages appeal whereas this is clearly you know sort of meant to kick it up a notch and is more like Marvel maxi kind of thing yeah, when they're where getting it's...
3: shit-faced with each other on whiskey at the bar, yeah. the local yeah. dive yeah. bar yeah. on yeah. on eel, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's like I and I, I know
0: I've said it before on the show, like I don't begrudge any aspect of the Marvel universe happening because I have these shows. Like this is the the show for guys in our age bracket right yeah or people on our age bracket i should say like this is the adult marvel side of things yeah yes would it be awesome to get like a batman that's treated this way at some point like and just done as a series and be super dark yes is it gonna happen no but we have daredevil you know what i mean would it be really cool to have like i don't know we just got a wolverine movie that actually kind of does this very effectively so i can't really say that yeah but like would it be awesome to have that wolverine show that's just like an ongoing thing where he's just kind of doing the kung fu thing yeah. and or like an iron out.
1: man movie where they really fucking lean into his alcoholism
0: yeah like that kind of, like that like kind of that. stuff yeah or like the captain america where like they really fall apart like that like fall fall down the nazi rabbit hole kind of stuff yeah you can't do that in a pg movie because like some of the shit you could have captain america face and they have seen him face in the comics yeah. is fucking really brutal shit from world war yeah. ii you can't yeah. do that in a pg movie yeah these shows you can lean into like like prostitution rings and like people getting evicted from their by their slum lords and stuff like that that you're not going to see on arrow you know what i mean well maybe arrow would like dabble in it but they are not like not going to show it to the extent that this does where it's almost
3: almost like the wire or something like that yeah Yeah. and i think that like it would be cool to be able to have that like having the marvel um netflix shows like Why not have, like, just one series where it delves into what, like, Tony's alcoholism and have it be, like, almost like an Elseworlds-type style thing where it doesn't Mm -hmm. connect to anything else, but, hey, we have this idea, we have this story, we know these characters, but we're going to use a different actor, a different director, and, like, and then one season done, and then we can, it'd be so cool because then you could, like, take the better arcs from characters and, like, just flesh them out and see them on screen. That would be kind of amazing.
1: Marvel is kind of painting themselves into a corner at this point because they've, it's a big fucking corner, but because they've been so successful with this shared universe that they don't really have the freedom to do much outside of that right now. Um, People would, people would start fighting back on that. But um, so right now, I mean, they have like the, uh sony stuff that is sort of existing outside that but i think fox. if they had the chance sorry fox yeah. yeah if they had the chance they would probably still roll that sony back just in.
0: had spider-man and they now yeah.
1: he's spider-man is home yes
0: so we're happy yeah, right about fox right not now. Sony. um it's only well, a couple well, I
1: mean, weeks away really guys yeah <laughs> they, they did have a couple nice little nods to uh the wider mcu and the daredevil show the incident like, yeah they talked about the incident and why houses or why a property is so cheap to rent right now in hell's kitchen yeah and you know how the the rebuilding and everything and the reconstruction and that actually features in as a major plot point as well right because like the redevelopment of hell's kitchen is like one of the overarching storylines in the whole season yeah Mm -hmm. um yeah, and then there was one, uh, like, I think Foggy makes a little joke or something like that about, like, how he said, you know, I could call myself Captain America, but that wouldn't put wings on my ears or something like that. Yeah. Um, so there th- there was enough, just enough in there to sort of tease, you know, the yes, this is still in that wider universe and without hammering you over the head with it. I'd still love to see. And I know they I, there was a thing about it this week again, where, like, eventually
0: the TV shows and the movies are going to cross over. I want Daredevil. I I don't care about the other three because they don't really necessarily fit in the Avengers that aren't the New Avengers kind of thing. And at Mm -hmm. that point, I want, I want Wolverine there too. Like I want that whole New Avengers team. Yeah. But I would love to see Daredevil at the very least interact with Spider Man at some point because I think like that's a character dynamic that in the shared universe of the comic books. Yeah. Whether it be six one six or the ultimate side of things, I makes absolutely sense. adore and makes sense. Like yeah. it totally makes sense for a fifteen year old scared kid who's acting as a vigilante to seek out somebody like Especially Daredevil. considering
1: they live in the same fucking city.
0: Oh, yeah. Like down the street from each other, yeah. based on how quickly Spider Man seems
1: to be able to get around fucking Manhattan. <laughs> yeah, that's so. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The only gripe I really had with uh Charlie Cox's Matt Murdock is that his accent's a little stilted a couple of times like there's a couple times where it took me out a little bit but oh i would say 95 percent of the time his accent was really good
2: Mm -hmm.
1: if we're gonna talk gripes the only gripe i have with the season is i feel the
0: foggy karen romance gets a little too much play like i don't mind that it's there but i find like they spend a lot of time on it at certain points in the season where i'm like I'm interested in the characters but I'm not necessarily interested in this angle that they're playing with it yeah. and I think they could have done a better job minimizing that but like fine.
3: I just don't see why they even bothered to go there. I agree with you that it seemed like a weak link and it like because um I I know there it was supposed to be kind of a contrast with like how Matt gets all the girls and Foggy doesn't but like I don't But he like, still ends up hooking up with like arguably the hotter girl
0: like i know she's like the soulless the <laughs> yeah, soulless the like yeah the soulless uh, lawyer yeah but she is
1: a super attractive lady like <laughs> <laughs> very and hot yeah
3: and i i don't know i think
1: that Foggy- but, but you can tell he hates himself after that. Yeah. <laughs> i and that's fine but like yeah. dmhs guys like <laughs> yeah uh yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's true. I mean, I, I, I can kind of get where they were coming from. Like, they were both... Both of those characters end up in really sort of um, vulnerable places. Yeah. Uh, and, and they sort of, you know, just gravitate to each other because of that. So yeah. I was okay with it. Like, I... I It wasn't, like, a... You know, something I couldn't have done without. But, yeah. uh, but I didn't have an issue with it, really. It was the only part of the show to me that felt like padding is, I think, what, what got to me about it. Is that... Yeah. that
0: it kind of felt like, oh, we needed to, like, add a couple minutes to the overall runtime of this to kind of get these episodes up to the 13-episode order or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And, like, that's what we shoehorned in was these extra scenes of the two of them kind of hanging out. Some of which were good. Like, they had decent chemistry in an awkward kind of friendly, like, unrequited love kind of way. But, like, it, yeah. some of it I was just like, okay, yeah, we could have cut this back by about half and I would have yeah. been cool.
3: I would yeah. have preferred they didn't do the unrequited love thing. We didn't need another like friend zoning story. Like, because I, I maybe this is something that would appeal to like certain viewers, but like, I don't know. It was just <laughs> the MRA uh, viewers, the, the MR, the red pills. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To be fair, it is like, it is still like white
0: male fantasy kind of yeah. stuff. So yeah. you're going to see that like. Yeah, like that, that, the friend zoning kind of storyline is going to resonate with a certain group of these, of, of the fan base,
3: you know what I mean? Yeah, so. yeah, but that being said, like, I would have liked uh, Karen and Foggy, and and eventually they just do end up being friends, yeah. and that's, and they and they respect each other professionally, they know... Uh, and I love their, like, once they get to their dynamic in the second season,
0: where they move past the romance, too, like, it's so, they're so good playing off each other at that mm-hmm. point, mm-hmm. like, it's awesome, so... Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, the, the other couple gripes i had were uh the kid that was playing young matt was not the best child actor child actors on the whole though buddy like yeah we've had this conversation i know like daphne Keane was the exception of the rule by yeah, far probably 42 times now <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like how many episodes have we done? <laughs> like like when she when that kid you know was like getting really upset or crying or whatever like i was just like all right that's a little much
2: yeah
1: mm-hmm. um and,
2: I thought uh, like when
0: he was when he was just kind of acting with the dad. I thought that I thought that was it wasn't as bad as it could have been. I guess you know what I mean. Yeah. But,
1: yeah. Yeah. No. Though he had some good moments, like the back and forth with his dad. Though there were some great little moments there. It was just yeah. like particularly when he was like um, getting into like the really emotional acting and stuff like that. That was a little even messy. his like some of the
0: interactions with Stick were a little stilted. Like you could yeah. tell, you could kind of tell the uh, the actor who played Stick. I mean, and it kind of worked to a certain degree, but like you kind of tell he it's wasn't like, super happy to be, yeah, he was
3: not happy to be kind of yeah. acting against a kid kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm maybe, uh, I'm in the minority here, I'm sure, but like maybe that's why, like you guys were uh, raving about how much you guys liked st- stick and I'm not, I'm not sure. Like upon re-watching Daredevil, I think I warmed up to him more, but like I'm, I, maybe I'm just tired of the character, the archetype of like the know-it-all mentor. Um yeah, maybe. he he definitely brings on like a much like needed like sense of humor to the show um to while still being like part of the more serious aspects of it mm-hmm. but um the scenes with the kid and stick he doesn't factor huge into season 1 either like
0: i feel like we'll be able to have a much more in-depth stick conversation there's a phrasing issue somewhere in that <laughs> sentence um <laughs> When we get around to talking about season two of Daredevil, because he factors into the the hand yeah. Electra kind of scenario much more in yeah. season two, yeah, um, which will probably be the most contentious part of that episode because I know that's the plot point where a lot of people make that face that Paul's making right now, where he's looking a little disappointed in life. So
3: <laughs> I, I want—I know that Electra's character in the comic books—not um, always, not great, not great, not a great character. But I, I was hoping that they would and. We'll talk about this for the season two episode. They she she did her best, and I really liked Electra. <laughs> but I love that actress. She was fucking she was
0: spectacularly great. fun to watch. So yeah, yeah
3: but yeah, that's a. a and I'm not point. even just saying that because she was hot.
0: I'm saying like because like she's just she was a really good actress. Like she, I thought she yeah she was obviously having a lot of fun playing the role, and they gave her a lot of fun little bits to play. Like yeah. I thought it was yeah. really well that
3: bit of it was well done. Yeah, yeah. but but uh, yeah, also smoking hot though. So. Yeah, my gripe was that I didn't like the The way that Stick was just so antagonistic most of the time, and and like was obscuring facts, like it, I didn't think there was that much payoff to him being such a dick. So, because uh, I, I, I didn't find him to be like immediately like that entertaining, um, so that's my only gripe with the show. With the show, it, uh, the whole thing, I like the concept of Stick, maybe, but like in execution, yeah. I didn't think it worked out that well
2: yeah fair enough
1: um the other one or two that i had was one that the in the very last episode the like let's round up all this accomplice accomplices while there's opera or classical music or playing or whatever that montage that's pretty fucking tropey yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) agreed yeah that was a little tropey yeah exactly i i could have done with them bringing in his armor a little bit earlier in the season like they I would like that. To they seen, really like, drug that a one version,
0: out. maybe a version of it earlier. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. necessarily think he has to have like the finished. I mean he didn't even have the finished one, because by the time they even like you start season two, he's already updating the art. Like they make a yeah. point in the beginning of season two to be like, Oh yeah, the nose, like the face on this sucks. So it. we're gonna yeah. <laughs> and we're gonna replace the mask. Because like everybody yeah. was happy with the bodysuit. Well, mostly, but like the, everybody the mask was like, What
3: happened to the mask? Why is the mask so bad? Yeah. Yeah. And they immediately replaced it when season two started. So I, I would have I would have thought it was really would have been really hilarious if like um earlier in the season, instead of putting on his full black regalia, he forgot like he, he accidentally put on like a floral print sweater that was like the same make. Um because, <laughs> <laughs> because he can't see colors. I don't himself. know I don't know
0: I don't know that Under Armour makes a floral
3: print shirt though, so I'm well, not sure Or like a, <laughs> uh, like one of the day glow ones that you wear when you're running or something oh,
2: like, okay. that. <laughs> like maybe, that.
0: Maybe when RuPaul gets her, her own line of uh, Under Armour, maybe they'll get the, the floral print one then. But I, I, know <laughs> I, the, I will be first in line for that. I know you will. Be. God. I, I know the rock
1: stuff just has little bulls on it. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> oh, man. Um, and then the only other thing that, that I, was, I griped over a little bit was, it was a little bit on the nose when Ben pins a king to his bulletin board. Oh yeah, that was a little much.
0: <laughs> i like their ben like the ben aldrich character
1: no he was that. a great character just that particular scene i was like oh and, look like, it's a king in the new- with a pin through it yeah true yeah that was a little bit much, but you know <laughs> it is still a comic book
0: show right like every yeah. once in a while they're gonna have that moment where it's like oh we're gonna ham it up for a second
1: here <laughs>
0: yeah yeah hold on guys
1: but no Whoa. i mean that that character and the way that they treated the news media in general i thought was really, was good. really good yeah and, and it was a that was a Maybe not a high point, but a good strong subplot to the. Uh, but yeah, I mean the fact that they like went to the trouble of like making him a pretty like heavily dimensioned character with like the uh, stuff going on with his wife and his past and everything. Yeah. That and was then too,
3: and then unceremoniously killing off the one char- main character of color on the season, which was yeah. a big point of contention uh, near the end of the series. Because honestly, I would have liked to see him like stay on i know that it was like a passing of the torch from him mm-hmm. to karen but i'm like I- and i like that he did it to protect karen
0: it was also a behind the scenes rights issue oh oh that's disappointing because, <laughs> because i love he him. factors he factors into spider-man so heavily right so at that point they were like we can get away with using him but they did the marvel thing where it's like we can get away with using quicksilver but we're gonna kill ours and like we can get away with ki- using Ben Ulrich, but we're gonna kill ours too. So mm, the only problem is now if they decide to go Daily Plant or uh, Daily Bugle in uh in like the homecoming like the MC universe, yeah, They won't be able to they have won't it. be able to use Ben Ulrich because he's already been around. Yeah. Um I don't to be fair, if they do that and they don't use Jake to just don't miraculously have JK Simmons
1: playing fucking J Jonah Jameson. Yeah. I don't I'd just give up. Like <laughs> say at that point. It was um <laughs> At least it wasn't a pointless death. Like he basically dies like to save Karen. Like he dies so that you know, like because he does you know so that Fisk won't find out that Karen was there with him with Mm -hmm. uh, with his mother. So Mm
3: -hmm. there,
1: it wasn't it wasn't just you know like let's just kill this guy just to raise the
3: stakes kind of thing. Yeah, but it's like the optics of it were pretty bad. Yeah, 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 definitely. So. yeah, and it's just a bummer cuz like I really liked Ben. Like that was another, <laughs> another gripe that I was going yeah. to up. is I, I wanted him around for season 2, but Yep. Yeah. So, so be it. All right. Uh well, let's uh let's sort of summarize here quickly
1: since we're past the 2-hour mark here. Uh I want everybody to give a rating at a 10 and then just your final few thoughts if you have any other major points you want to get out. Uh let's go Mark first.
0: Uh, this is a 9.5 out of 10 for me. Like, this is a, practically a flawless show. Like, I've rewatched this. Out of all the superhero shows that I will re-watch on a regular basis, this is the one I throw on the most. Like, I know a lot of people are going to be like, Jessica Jones is the better show. And it may arguably be. This is the show that I go back to because I like the Daredevil character so much. And this is the more, it's the more superhero-y show. Mm-hmm. But it's the more superhero, like, my kind of superhero. Like, that's... Like, the, the, the dichotomy between Tim and I is always the Batman v Superman <laughs> thing, right? Like, Tim likes that big stand-up Boy Scout character. I like the street-level guys that are just, like, slogging, like, with whatever, like, in, in an alleyway. And this hits all the notes that I want in that kind of show. So, it's got yeah. the crime stuff. It's got the brutal vigilante kind of violence and all that kind of stuff. Characters are all written awesome, like... It, obviously at this point i'm assuming our audience has seen daredevil but if you have not <laughs> seen daredevil like give it yourself a weekend and blaze through the first season and then yeah honestly enjoy the first half of the second season because the punisher
3: will just blow your fucking mind it's so well done so yeah
1: absolutely uh
3: all right paul i'm gonna give daredevil a nine out of ten um, it is I think the least flawed of all of the Netflix shows and I'm not that's not damning with f- faint praise it's just it it's so good that it cemented the structure of what it mm-hmm. was because it was so well done so successfully done. Um, the characters, the pacing, the the mood, the atmosphere, fight choreography, um, everything came together it all works really really yeah. well and the few gripes that I have, um, are not necessarily nitpicky. Like, it does have its flaws, but it's super watchable, and even for someone who doesn't uh, like crime drama, I like this crime drama because it brings the superhero elements in really well, too. So yeah. strongly, strongly recommend Daredevil.
0: I also, I think I, I should have said, too, Um, this is also the one that, this show made it harder for me to watch other superhero shows, like mm-hmm. the CW stuff, Like I love those shows because they're fun and they're lighthearted for the most part. I mean, Arrow, whatever. Like it, it tries to be this. It tries to be Daredevil and just can't be. But like (laughs) at the same time, I love those shows. But like when a season of Daredevil comes out, like the next couple weeks of the CW shows or like Agents of Shield or whatever else, just feels like such a slog. After I'm just like, oh, this is so just like budget network TV. After (laughs) I just watched twelve hours of glorious high budget, yeah, quality TV. So.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I feel the same way. I'm I'm gonna go with Mark and be, be a a nine and a half out of ten. Uh, this is probably the best season of superhero TV that has ever existed for me uh, so far. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, just the the overall way the show was done was so well like that cinematic style the framing the production value the effects we didn't even really talk about the effects because they're they're so well done in service of the plot like they they don't detract from anything but like uh they were just really well done um even though you know it's not a really effects heavy show but it's a comic book show so there are still a lot of effects shots um it's the writing is really strong overall the pacing overall was really excellent like you start out strong and fast you get that sort of lull in the middle of the season but you have amazing character development in those like you get an episode dedicated to uh stick you get an episode dedicated to fisk's backstory and stuff like that that and those you're so invested in those characters that it just keeps you going and keeps you wanting to keep watching um but yeah it's like we already said it's like more like a 13 hour movie than a tv show yeah. um the amount the balance of the action off-screen action drama the artistic shots the comedic beats the flashbacks like this is just setting that bar so high in terms of the balance of that overall um yeah i just i, I I've I've got other stuff I could say about it, but we go on forever. So yeah. uh, there are things uh, I want to close out by saying there are some sort of teases that we got in this season, and in some cases they might be things that they touched on in some of the other series. But uh, like we never really see uh, was it Stone, the guy that uh, Stick is talking to uh, after the Black Sky incident again. Yeah. So that's something that we could still see come back. Um, season three's coming, guys. Yeah. Like. So stone being sticks, other people. Um, I would have liked to see more about what that black sky, like its capabilities. Uh, that little that kid. Uh, we did. Elektra ended up being another black sky in season two. So spoilers. I'm pretty
0: sure that's the main plot of Defenders.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because they've been the, the more
0: Madam gown and... the teaser clearly shows the the coffin Electra was in, and refer- mm. right, they they reference the black sky ad nauseum in season two during the hand right. side of the 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 season. I'm pretty sure the defenders is pretty much just going to revolve around the hand invasion or something akin to that. So, mm-hmm.
1: um, we still don't have that much information in terms of where Gao is actually from and her origin. She says she's from a considerable distance farther from China. And, uh, I'm sure that, you know, anybody that's read the comics probably knows her origin overall, but we haven't really seen that in the, in the TV show. Mark's nodding happily. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the other reason
0: why she's so connected to the iron fist show so yeah yeah let's
1: just put it that way she is from dimensionally far away yeah uh and then um we don't really know what happens to vanessa afterwards and she's such a powerful character that i could definitely see her coming back to fuck with mac matt in a later season as well welcome to season three guys it's yeah just there's so much more to come i think yeah, like, exactly mm-hmm. Um so with that, let's uh wrap up and uh thank you for listening. Oh shit, this Tim, is where I have Tim to doesn't have, the, have social media this is where I have to have the social media up and I don't where's my window that has our da- there we go. Uh you can find us on uh Twitter at uh DRD Podcast. Let us know what you thought about Daredevil. If you agree with us that it's maybe the best uh season of superhero television that we've had yet. Uh, you can email us at dancerobotdancepodcast at gmail dot com. You can find the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play Store or anywhere you get your podcasts. And you can find us on Facebook at facebook dot com slash dancerobotdancepodcast. No spaces, no nothing. Um, go ahead and give us a like and follow on there, and tell your friends. And if you know people that you think might like our podcast, then. Let them know because we always like having new listeners. So with that, uh, I am Tim. Thanks for joining us. Say goodbye, Mark.
3: Goodbye, guys. Have a good weekend.
1: And Paul, thanks so much for joining us all the way from sunny southern Korea on your Saturday morning. Say good night, Paul.
3: Good night. Always a pleasure.
1: <laughs> and we will see you next time. Is it insensitive that I said, see you next time at the end of our Daredevil
2: episode?